Good evening, everyone. Welcome to GCP. This is another retro show. Once again, we're Mr. Chris Wilson. Hello, Chris. Hello, there. How's it going? Not too bad. It's much cooler this, this evening than it fucking were on the bus home yesterday. Oh, yeah. Sorry about it. I mean, to be fair, it's still, what, about 20 degrees, 21 degrees I've got uh, over in Grimsby, which... Yeah, I mean, I've had to put on a vest on for this recording. That's not to scare you away my nipples, but it's about the best he's going to get from me. It's bloody warm. It, it certainly is. I, I was, uh, you, before we uh, press record, um, you were uh, finishing off a bottle of, I think it was Fentiman's Cherry Cola. Yes, uh, I was. A whole 750ml uh, bottle. 750ml uh, bottle? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, normally £3.20, but uh, my club card got it down to £2.40. Still quite pricey, in all fairness. You know, back in the day, that's, them bottles M sizes, you can take back to the uh, corner shop and get your 10p back. Yeah, I think Tesco would totally to fuck off if I tried that. <laughs> could you please refill it for us? <laughs> oh, man, could you imagine? That would be glorious. But yeah, uh, I was just saying to you, apparently, well... I think it's Asda I saw it in. There's now a premium soft drink section, which, you know, for someone like me who doesn't drink, it's about bloody time. Uh, I was able to like get into these fancy conversations about different types of drinks with the likes of you and Jeff. About time we got there. How does the uh, that cherry cola rate to the um, like normal cherry cola range? I, I'll be honest. I, I think this might be my favourite type of cherry coke. Yeah, apologies to uh, Davey who is listening with his Pepsi Max cherry. Yeah, no, I say it's really nice, but the weird thing with Fentimans is that I think the rest of their flavours are hit and miss. So the Deadline and Burdock are really like, uh, but the lemonade tastes like armpits, for example. Yeah, and, and the ginger beer's not up to much either. So it's a mixed bag, Fentimans, in my opinion. But yeah, certainly this uh, meets my approval. Um, currently on this evening from from this end is um, blackcurrant cordial. Yeah, um, it's a, it's the remaining bit out of the bottle. Um, mm. School last night, week, last week of the wage. Um, I've been on bloody uh, chicken chicken and rice for the last three nights. Oh bloody hell, that bad? No, no. Well, I, I, I bought like like big packs from um, Lidl. Oh yeah, start yeah. at mum, so like chicken legs chicken thighs and just have it some rice and some sauce it's all right that's the job it's normally what normally what i have for lunch though fairness and you see me my gains uh so you know Uh, does it does the job i get paid i get paid uh next week so on monday so yeah i'll be i'll be living like a king for about (laughs) half and then Oh, what have I got in the cupboard? Oh, I'm, I'm not quite got to beans on toast level for yeah. it to be our uh, pot well, noodle. So. At least I'm looking forward to your reports on Twitter of different checking out new towns uh, with their drinking establishments once you've been paid again. Oh, yeah. That, well, that would be, actually be um, this coming weekend. It's uh, Red Pro Summer Sizzler at the Victoria Warehouse who hopefully have sorted out that beer situation. <laughs> no, spoilers. I bet they fucking haven't. No, cans of red, red stripe. There you go. Four quid. Is it no two venue? I don't give a fuck. Do they? Yeah. Fuck? Well, one thing I am looking forward to is um, 
been bundabust are advertising a new Chinese Indian range. Um, oh, very nice. Salt and pepper okra fries. Mm. Oh, my word. I am in heaven. Sounds good. I mean, unfortunately, I've got a peanut allergy, so it's a type of place I can't really eat at, but that sounds bloody good. Yeah, Bundabus do excellent food, as you've probably heard from myself over the years. Yeah, yeah, yourself. Great uh, place to go. Great beer as well there, if you you like your beer. I think they do soft drinks as well for you, Chris. Like I said, I've I've never been in. Like I say, it looks nice. I think I've seen pictures from, like, Lanay and all that lot before. I've been in there, but again... It's probably a no-go with my peanut allergy. The most annoying and deadly of all the allergies. Um, qu- quick question as well. Mm-hmm. Did you see that picture what Ben put Ben put up of a garden peas on a breakfast? Yeah, I've seen it make the rounds, yeah. No. Opinions? No, just no. What? Uh, no, nothing on your breakfast should be green. No. Not even, not even a garnish should be no, on the breakfast. No, no, not, not, not even a garnish. No, we're about to say when it comes to breakfast, if it's got any green or any blue on it as well, or or any colours like that, you're doing it wrong. Peas for breakfast. Ugh. Peas and beans. The peas and baked beans don't. Marry. No, they don't. They don't. No, it'll be like having baked beans and mushy peas on your fish and chips. They just don't go together. They don't. No, they're like literal different like magnetic forces, like repelling each other. Yeah. Uh, disgusting. Anyway, um, I think we'll try to get away from the subject of the matter, which is... Uh... <laughs> you can't continue doing so. I can, I can give a whole report of uh, the women's Euros if you want. Oh, oh yeah, women's Euros. You went on, um, I, on I did. Sunday to see... Um, who, who was it now? It's Switzerland against the Netherlands, actually, yeah. At, and... um, at Sheffield Sheffield United's ground, Bramall Lane, as I told you before. I've actually been to the ground. I've actually not been inside the ground. I was outside it and then got uh, refused by um, a steward. Mm. Probably for the best, though, because um, as a fellow tall gentleman, those seats in there are fucking tiny. Yeah? Like, like uh, literally... Like, I had almost my knees up to my head at one point. The only way you can comfortably sit down is if you've managed to squeeze your legs through and then hook them underneath your seat. I, I think that stadium was built when the average person was about five foot six. Yeah. Do, 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 what's it like that? Old Trafford. Is the it? Only, well, I've, I've never been, been. obviously been there twice. One for Rochdale, one for the X Factor. And, yeah, <laughs> seats there, are, seat room there's a... A premium boundary park as well, freezing cold and hardly any leg room. Not boundary, boundary, is that Oldham? Yeah, Oldham. Oh, bloody hell, I'm, I'm going there in, in bloody January. Or in Grimsby away. No, York, because York Oldham got relegated, didn't they? Yeah, um, a co-host of Cinematry, that's cinematry.com, uh, Rob has uh, convinced me to go to Oldham away on a Tuesday night in January. <laughs> Fucking hell. Hey, are <laughs> actually playing them on August Bank Holiday. I think it's York against Oldham. Yes, it is. Uh, the, the home game is, is um, yeah. you know, home at York, which yeah. I might do, actually. I, I think Rob can't make it to that one, but I might pop over anyway for a laugh. Yeah, I've, got, I've, I've, I've started putting in um, 
National League um, fixtures and, you know, the Avro FCs of this uh, parish. Oh, God, yes, Avro FC. I still need to get up there as well for the scran. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, just let me see that date. Yeah. Of, um, I, well, I've actually got two booked in, maybe. Mm-hmm. Altrinham versus Chesterfield, obviously. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's good drinking area, but it's nearby and get out there on the tram. Or FC United versus Radcliffe. Now, FC United is um, quite near Moston train station. Yeah. And Radcliffe Borough has, has, has some star players. The, the, Radcliffe Borough, they, they've got some money behind them. They've got um, Bobby Grant's a manager who mm-hmm. used to play for Accrington, used to play for us. And they just signed Nicky Adams. Oh, OK. I, I didn't even realise it was time ago. Yeah, he's still going. He played for um, Berry many times. Played for us two or three times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Couldn't cross a ball. Couldn't cross a ball for shit. Is Radcliffe a new football manager sort of team that's going to go up the leagues inexplicably? Even though, <laughs> what the fuck is Radcliffe United? Oh, R- Racky, old Racky Bora. Those are Radcliffe's. If you're less famous than Daniel or Laura, you probably shouldn't be, you know, a real football team. Yeah, they've um, they, they've signed some players. They, they did. Oh, here we go. John Louis Aparac Pro. Oh, fucking hell, him. God, he seems to get everywhere he does. Yeah, I, went, I remember a great goal he scored against um, Huddersfield one night at, at mm. Scotland for us. Fucking fast as fast as shit. Um, who else? Cameron Belford. He was ex Berry goalkeeper. Mm. Um. Anyone else you might know? Look at this precious Ingogo. Uh, what a great name! But yeah, no, they've um, they've, they've got some oh. good players. Courtney Mepp and Walter, I've heard of. I don't He's... know why I completely forgot I cracked for our two seasons at Grimsby. Oh yeah, it was the seasons where we got relegated into a conference the first time. Yeah. I erased him from my memory. I've only went straight to you actually. Oh dear. Yeah. Oh no, he, he, he were excellent for us. Mm, shit for us. But anyway, um, you trip you trip to Bramall Lane, mate. Yeah, it was a it was a really good game as well because I've ended up watching a lot more of the uh, women's Euros than than expected. No fair, so I was going to check a lot of it out, but then I came down with COVID, um, and then I was watching a few other games and I saw the Netherlands Sweden one at Bramall Lane, and to be honest with you, I had no idea that there were games going on in Sheffield and Rotherham. So like um. And then Yeoman's text me suggesting, you know, we uh, go to the one on Sunday, which I did do. Cracking atmosphere, like a lot more friendlier, a lot more like family friendly sort of atmosphere. Mexican wave at one point, which was nice. And it was a really solid game of football. And despite the fact Netherlands won 4 1, it should have been 2 2 at one point. But like the Swiss, like missing absolute sit on, I just think they just ran out of legs towards the end. And the yeah. Netherlands, they, had, they even had a goal disallowed after the 4-1 too. You know, they just completely got their ass kicked. So the scoreline was quite harsh on Switzerland in the end. Because um, I know there's been a bit of criticism about some of the scorelines being quite a gulf. You know, like the 8-0 Norway yeah. one. Yeah. Well, um, then, then again, Norway was supposedly like the other best team in the group. And like predicting that match, they were saying like a draw or it could be like 2-1. Yeah. But England, England that evening just blitzed them. Oh well, yeah, but I say they just uh, figured out what the um, 
weaknesses in that team right away and just exploit the heart of them, you know, which happens in a men's game as well, in all fairness. So, but yeah, um, I enjoyed the game so much that I'm now skipping Ref Pro on Saturday <laughs> uh, because I've got tickets to the France Netherlands quarter final game in Rotherham. So, my first ever trip to New York Stadium. So, that should be uh, quite interesting to see how that goes. I'm trying to think, have I been there? I probably, I think I have been there to watch Rochdale. Yeah, I've, it, I've, it, I've, I've watched it. I think I've watched Rochdale, Rotherham in all three stadiums. So, Millmore. Yeah. Yeah, got, uh, the athletics ground which had all the glass on it. Oh, oh Don Valley. Yeah, Don Valley. Yeah, yeah. And New York Stadium, cinema, yeah. all three grounds. Yeah, it, 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 Don Valley RIP. I did an exam in there once. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Even by random boring facts about Don Valley Stadium. It's a bloody disgrace. I saw that stadium down, but oh well. How much were they charging? About ten quid a ticket, were they for these ones? Uh, uh, for the uh, women's game, yeah, I got one for 10 quid. I wanted to like get because, f- like, category A, like, most expensive ticket was only 20 quid, but to be fair, it's sold out. So, yeah, I've managed to get category B for this game on Saturday, which is 20 quid. So, again, for like most second most expensive ticket, 20 quid is an absolute steal. I think it goes up to 30 quid in the semis because I'm gonna try to get down to the uh, semi final of Ramel Lane um, next Tuesday. But I think if England get if it well if England win tonight, they're at the Bramwell Lane game, so I might have no fucking chance to get that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll see how it goes. But uh, for that price, you pay that. You pay that at fucking Grimsby or Rochdale. You pay. <laughs> you pay more. You, you pay more like Grimsby or or York or or places like that. You know, they're still like twenty one, twenty two quid. Yeah. And let's face it, you know, the sort of. I mean, to be fair, like with a women's game, it's not fully there yet. I always compare it to Major League Soccer, in all fairness. In fact, they've got the attacking sorted out defensively. It's all still a, sh- a bit of a, a bit of a shambles at the back at times, you know, like for ability to like, you know, it, it, it keep the shape and all that lot. Even for whatever reason, it's quite similar to MRS in that regard, but they'll get there. I think the goalkeepers are always the worst, but because you'll see, like someone just pops you up from twenty-five yards and keepers fucking flapping. In uh, in all fairness, the uh, the Swiss goalie had a hell of a hell of a game until it all fell apart. It, 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 uh, she she did a cracking job, so yeah, that's how it can happen. But quite excited to see where the women's game goes. I mean, uh, the game I went to on Sunday broke for record. It's like the third time it's already happened in the tournament of the highest attended game of a non-host in Yoro's history. Right. Yeah, there were 23,000 there. Bloody hell. Yeah, it's a staggering number. Yeah. And and I expect the semi-final to beat that record as well. Yeah. And then the final, obviously, at, at Wembley, <clears throat> wasn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. So, I might <laughs> even try to get that to the final yet. I don't know. <laughs> I'm surprised there were as many, especially up in like Manchester area, there were as many like games. There's that big one at Old Trafford <clears> and <throat> a couple at City's ground. That's about well, it. There was controversy there, wasn't there? Because it was at um, City's academic stadium. Yeah. yeah. And, and due to it having to be all uh, seating or at least all safe standing, two of the, uh, the two sides behind the goal were actually all blocked off. So it looked terrible on TV, those matches, Manchester, uh-huh. but, but you wonder why 
they didn't like go to like just go like Stockport or somewhere like that, just like say to them, Can we have your ground please? And 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 do it that way instead. Yeah, yeah. You'd think you'd think so, but meh, yeah, it's not. No. Anyway, um, WCW. <laughs> Speaking of women's football, WCW. Well, um, just to tell you, the end of this uh, podcast, Hogan wins. <laughs> yeah, he does. There you go. Um, any plugs, Chris? Cinewatchu.com. <laughs> <laughs> um, shall we get in? It's WCW, Bash at the Beach, 2000. First off with the TV. Hmm. It's a quietish month, this one. This is what we alluded to last month in the quick change in, uh, in creative direction, tying in with a certain two individuals leaving, t- well, certain three individuals leaving TV. Yes. Yeah. One of them never to be seen on WCW TV ever getting off, now that I think about it. Eric Bischoff. Correct, yeah. yeah. I, it, it, it must have, was it all over a falling out with um, Russo? Yeah, they never got on creatively. It was always a case of um, Vince Russo was always one or or the ideas of it. It was Eric Bischoff just sort of like going afterwards. Or why did you do that then instead of contributing? Mm. If, if you're to believe um, Vince Russo, Eric Bischoff's side of the story was he was never given like a firm direction of what he was supposed to be apart from uh, doing more like behind the scenes business sort of stuff and basically being the Hulk Hogan's handler yeah well someone had to do it Jimmy Hart weren't there yeah that's true anywho let's get into the TV see what Chris remembers of all of all of this June 12th Nitro mm-hmm. Top, topless Scott Hudson as yeah. punished for calling Vince Russo he had the tie on though so respect to him for putting that tie on and respect to him he did it for the whole two hours Mark Madden just looking at him well Mark Madden couldn't say anything he had had his tits out when Tank Abbott was (laughs) best thing Mark Madden ever did on TV that was the main question though on on this episode is why Goldberg why um, and he starts using the catchphrase. I've got two words for you. Fear this. Yeah, I don't think that one ever caught on. Do you remember that whole big Hall of Fame speech for WWE all over video, him saying, fear this? No. Nah. Who's next? Uh... Maybe. No? Could... No. St- even though that would still literally work for his current character. No? Okay. Uh, is this Vince so overwriting again? I think it is. I think it is. Um, so, during this segment, Nash gets cuffed while trying to get to Goldberg. Mm. Russo gets on the mic and says, I want ratings, and gives us Bill Goldberg versus Kevin Nash. So, uh, set up on this Nitro. Here we go. There's Goldberg, Nash... Mm-hmm. Jarrett and Hogan, and Vince Russo versus Ric Flair. They're literally, I mean, I'm just looking through his card now, and they're like literally just blowing through the award. I think there's about, I can see at least three matches that then happen on the pay-per-view a month later. Mm. And, and yeah, they're really 
I, well, Russo admitted it, did he? He wants ratings, and he's really blowing his wad here. It's like, there's the pay-per-view. Yeah. Pay-per-view buy rates don't matter. There you go. Absolutely. So, um, actually, first first match of the evening's um, Vito versus uh, Terry Funk for the hardcore title. Mm. Terry survives um, a drop off a race stand, uh, like a stand, uh, through some tables, and it eventually ends with Vito um, pile driving Funk uh, for the victory. To be honest, Vito's um, hardcore title run during this during this month is very good. Solid enough, if I remember rightly. Yeah, he was still like a bit underrated for Big Vito in terms of in that hardcore division. Yeah, because he's involved in quite a lot of it until the bitter end. Now, if I remember rightly, and now he, he was a solid hand. It, it was a good role for him. Yeah, a, I, I, a lot, a lot better than him wrestling the Harris brothers every month. Anyway, oh, certainly so. Well, it it was generally like three or four in this um, hardcore scene. So it was Vito, mm. Johnny the Bull, who'd love breaking his own ass. Oh yeah, I, I mean. <laughs> I think he got in. He gets injured during this month against Terry Funk. Do I think doing like a so like a leg does, drop maneuver? So yeah, it's a leg drop to the outside, ass first onto the mats. But he also had a steel chair on Terry Funk, so he landed ass first onto the chair yeah. after a bloody twelve foot drop to the floor. Yeah. Once again, proving that wrestlers are fucking idiots. Yeah, and I think he ended up being out for like eight weeks. Yeah, yeah, with a torn yeah, asshole. With a torn ass. <laughs> yeah. But there's no, a famous... You don't have to go on a date before you get that. <laughs> um, but he did it again, didn't he? Wasn't it a few months after where he properly... I I think it was twice he did really stupid things towards his end of WCW run. I think that's why, if I remember rightly, he's back with a natural born fillers and then he basically disappears and you don't see him again. Until after the death of WWE, but you don't see him again until he appears in the FBI and WWE a couple of years later after after his second big stunt, which I, I can't remember what it is right now, but I'm sure we'll see it at some point. Yeah. Um. So, um, who else we have? Vampiro talking to a hooded figure in a chair. The Vampiro stuff this month is fucking crap. No. Uh, do you know who that was, by the way, in the hooded? Uh, if, if this wasn't ever, no, I mean, this wasn't ever revealed. They were going to lead to it, but they never revealed it. It was a, basically a bloody, yeah. It, it was Christopher Daniels. All right. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit of Christopher Daniels in it. Well, he was nah, still not, WWE no, Metal, weren't he? Yeah, he, he was uh, making rounds fair, but apparently he was going to be brought in. Uh, already doing his like Fallen Angel type character, but obviously they just dropped it. Which, to be fair, yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have put him in at this point. It's like he, unmas- he reveals himself. It's hardly Vince McMahon of a higher power, is it? You're like, who the hell's this guy? Oh, it's uh, it's a bald man dressed up as a, a priest. Yes. Ba- basically, well, it looks a bit like that bloody Zach Gibson fall to what he had on his background, really. Fucking Rip Fowler. What the fuck? Rip Fowler sounds like what happens after curry night. <laughs> it, all I could think this morning was like, 
we we know we know Jim Smallman's experience with trying to book Zach Gibson. Yeah, He's fucking dreadful in progress. That, that was literally my first thought. It's like Jim Smallman, you've done it again. Creative genius, Jim Smallman. Fuck me. <sighs> Never mind. Hey, it, as we always say, he should have been Progress World Champion. He's artist. Yeah. He should, he should, they should have, should have given the NXT UK title. Yeah, yeah. I would say literally his whole career hasn't gone, it hasn't reached for heights it should have done because he's literally been under uh, Jim Smallman this whole time. And whatever Jim Smallman doesn't see in him, fuck it out, it's affected him, hasn't it? He, he, he should have been... Bloody, oh, the Progress Champion, NXT UK Champion, possibly even NXT Proper Champion. He should have been on that main roster well before I could get their hands on him and do this stupid shit to him. Yeah, I remember he won that tournament at the Royal Albert Hall. Yeah, he did. You know yeah. when he beat um, Redacted? Redacted? Yeah, yeah. And, um, they never went on with it. They got no. to get beat off Pete Dunne. Yeah, and, and that was that. Just ridiculous stuff. Speaking of ridiculous stuff, WW2000. Yes. Um, Buff Bagwell returns from suspension for unprofessional conduct. Yeah. Um, and gets so cheered Shane, right away. Yeah, Shane, Shane Douglas welcomes him back and then his um, ass gets franchised as uh, Shane Douglas turns on Buff Bagwell. Hooray. Great. This is a feud of any weight to watch. Yeah. <sighs> Um, so, so it was actually like real life stuff he got um, suspended for, weren't it, Chris? Yeah, he, he, um, he I think he punched out um, one of the production crew for basically getting in his way uh, mm-hmm. down a corridor. Let's see if we can find the actual reason. Let me see the suspension. Let, let, let me Google this because I'm sure. Oh, apparently IGN covered this. What do they say? Oh, it was actually arrested uh, for this assault as well. Ooh. Yeah. But, for, you know, only 30 days, you know. Yeah, he, apparently, he, he put, yeah, he punched someone at a WCW Thunder taping for basically uh, getting in his way. Like you do. Like yeah. you do. 30 days suspension. Probably got paid as well during that. So, you know, great punishment. Returned straight away as a massive baby face. Also on this show, um, we have, um, well, I think they were waiting for um, Hulk Hogan to arrive to the building. There's a lot of stuff with Ernest the Cat Miller who we'll uh, get into. But uh, Jeff Jarrett smashes Hogan with a guitar when mm-hmm. he arrives. But still, there will be a WCW title match um, on this evening. Um, what else have we Oh, yeah, so we, we actually go into uh, Jeff Jarrett and Hogan with the special referee... Billy Kidman. Yep. Still on this, are we? Yeah. Um, so, like, Kidman's suddenly like, oh, I don't mind Hulk Hogan now. Mm. Yeah, because he uh, turns on Jarrett, doesn't he? He does, yes. Um, halfway through the match, Kidman turns on Jarrett. Yeah. We have Hogan leg-dropping Jarrett. One, two... And then who's this who trips over the ropes to get in the ring? <laughs> Bill Goldberg. Yeah, he, he really, 
shot about fair, didn't he? Yeah, to to save Jarrett. Goldberg spears Kidman and Hogan. Mm-hmm. And Goldberg jackhammers um, Hogan through a table. Yep. T.I. Bro ends up making the save. Which is very interesting that he's making the save now because they always make it sound like well, after Basher at Beach was spur of a moment. But given yeah. what Russo said before, it was anything but. So I think the seeds are being planted now because there's a couple of instances of Booker getting quite a push in this coming month. There that is, came out uh, nowhere. Where, where he's sort of like um, against Canyon, in it? Yeah, he's against Canyon, never pay per view, but it's like going toe to toe with Jarrett when he's champion <clears> just before the pay per view comes up. So it makes you think that they're already getting a backup plan because yeah. they're not Hogan's. They, I think they sort of, I think Russo realised early on that Hogan wanted a title match, used his uh, Section 11 subpography to get the title match, and there was no way of getting out of making him the champion. So he'd already, I think Russo's plans were already formulating uh, as far out as June 12th. Mm. Um, yeah, Goldberg looking a monster here, which was um, a good thing, I thought. I think, I mean, to be fair, it wasn't a popular choice because it was a fucking stupid idea to begin with, but they do book him really strongly these couple of months as a heel. Yeah, you know. no, they do, they do. It, it, it comes across as credible as a baddie. It does, yeah. No, I, I, I think, you know, it does work. It's just like, after such a bloody shit show at WSW is, and, you know, you just want to bloody cheer for someone to then turn him heel turn him heel as well it's just it wasn't what people wanted it, it was basically like WCW's version of Austin turning the heel at WrestleMania X7 it's just yeah. like it was good in theory it was good but you just don't want to do it because you know who else you going to cheer for it's mm-hmm. I mean I know so I mean the story goes that Goldberg turning the heel was the backup plan have you ever heard about the other one no, about what it's supposed to be. So, if you remember, I'm not sure if it's still the network version, I assume it is, but there was a Thunder uh, back before Great American Bash, a shoot interview with um, backstage with Eric Bischoff, where he, where he talks about a big amount announcement coming. Yeah. To the and what that was, was apparently the company SFX um, were interested in buying WCW for about $100 million. Right. And uh, the, apparently the deal was going to be imminent, but the story goes that Ted Turner, in like the last couple of months, that he had any actual power in yeah. the AOL Time Warner structure, nixed it. Right. So, in, so in another world, WCW would have been bought in about June 2000 and may have continued on from there. But yeah, that's was what it, it was. Was it somewhat similar to Fusion Media Enterprises, somewhat similar to yeah. that? No, I mean, yeah, it was a whole different thing, but it was that, that was the other company who looked to buy it. But when WCW was on its death now, but back when w, there was no indication of WCW being cancelled yet, I mean, they weren't they weren't a downslide for ratings, but like Thunder was still like number one rated show on TBS, for example. But yeah, WCW could have been bought for 200, 100, 200 million by this other company, and it never happened. And instead, got sold for 3.5 million a year later, right? But just. just... Would, do you think it would have lasted much longer or just a case of um, like, no. AOL Time Warner, 
Warner just thinking I would just get in shot of wrestling anyway. No, they about to say they wanted shot of wrestling regardless. Uh, the stories go. You, you mean if you read that Nitro book by oh what's his name? Wait a minute, I've got a book behind me. Uh, Guy Evans, that's the one. Uh, yeah, you, you'll know there's oh, there was always a lot of distaste for wrestling on the Turner networks. It was always a Ted Turner pet project, a love sort of thing. No one else wanted wrestling. So it's basically like when Greg died coming at ITV. <laughs> yeah, it's like the minute Ted Turner lost enough power to get rid of wrestling, they got rid of wrestling. Yeah. Mm. I, I'd argue the only reason why it's on again now with AEW is because the whole TV model has fallen out. It's us. Live TV is the only thing that draws proper ratings now, and it's the perfect yeah. vehicle. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a segment as well with um, DDP uh, walking out on WCW. Mm. Yeah, um, this is after he basically points out that everyone has basically stabbed him in the back and yeah. he's a bit fed up now. And he just says, no, it's just not worth it anymore. And he walks out through the fans, not to be seen again until November. I'm going to try to work out... Uh, um... When did he team with Kevin Nash as the insiders? From November. Oh, it's that era. It, it, it is the same area. But this, this is like before, like one last um, uh, little thing against Scott Steiner and Ralph, uh, Magnuson Seven Faction. Um, yeah. yeah, he was teamed with Kevin Nash in the winter of 2000. Right. Oh, to be honest, I didn't mind that tag team, the insiders. It was a good use for me. I, I did enjoy it. But then again, as I was talking to you, uh, before recording, I think the whole lot of day WCW is actually quite good stuff. Mm. Such a pure WCW thing to get cancelled when it was starting to get good again. So we, um, Canyon turns into positively Canyon. Um, One of my favourite gimmicks of that whole era, by the way. I, I absolutely love positively Canyon. Crack me up every time. Yeah, he, he comes out and says, anyone in the back who wants to take his new manoeuvre, the diamond cutter, yeah. and out comes Scott Steiner. Match happens, but Mike Awesome gets involved and uh, ends with Chronic making the save. So, what of intertwining of acts there again. But, yeah, yeah, no, I'd agree with Positively Canyon. He got it off to a T, hasn't he? Yeah, with, with, I, I absolutely loved it, yeah. I, actual decent creative in WWE 2000. I think there's like that. There's an, from an episode a couple down after this where he does a book signing. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, with um, uh, what was it? The uh, possibly Canyon book with a uh, forward from Smoky Mark Madden. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, we have um, oh, what's it? Kevin Nash's nephew. What was the nephew called? I legit, we can't remember. Kevin Nash's nephew is at the building. The nephew is called Hunter. Oh, God. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Fucking love it. <laughs> so, so what's it? Um, Nash's nephew, Hunter, goes uh, walkies. Yeah. Hmm. I wonder where he's off to. Yeah. Is he uh, actually stumbling to Goldberg's locker room or something? May, may, might have done, yes. Um, we have a <laughs> hunter. I've, uh, that, that's got to have been a fucking piss take, hasn't it? 
Oh, God, absolutely. Yeah, I, I bet, like, Russo was absolutely cracking himself up with that one. Um, talking to Russo, um, it was him versus Ric Flair. This is um, another fucking retirement thing, isn't it? Yeah, here we go. For Vince Russo, ego, wankower. So, Russo gives Flair's missus, Beth, the Statue of Liberty, mm-hmm. but it crushes in her hands by accident. <laughs> It's like poor Jade's Jade skateboard. Yeah. Um, Russo beats on Rick for a while while he's in the figure four. The towel is eventually thrown in and Rick has to retire and have his head shaved. I put bloody hell in front of his family being held by R&B security. They also shaved Reed's hair as well, the poor fucker. I hope they paid Reed Flair for this work, by the way. You don't want to get like child, middle, it? Yeah, child slavery enforcement uh, involved 22 years later. Yeah, I really don't know why. I mean, yeah, I do know why, because I saw that bloody uh, video for his retirement match, or in quotes, uh, the other day, just Rick flares off his rock and I'll agree to anything that, that, you know, that sounds all right to him. Well, he's, he's teaming with his son-in-law versus... Um... Jay, Jay Lethal and uh, one and only Jay, Double J. Jeff of course. I, I put me. I think I, I might have spoke to you the other week, like when they were on about opponents, and I was like, mm, Jeff Jarrett's at that press conference. Mm, yeah. He's more likely to be him. But it, it, does, it does feel like. It's going to go all like fucking Daddy and A-Stacks or when Big Daddy were wrestling, <laughs> where the young boy would do all the work and then Big Daddy, Ric Flair, would come in and just do the pin. No, he won't just do the pin. He'll also take a razor blade and go across his head like, and he'll bleed everywhere as well. Oh, they'll be bleeding everywhere, fucking Flair flop. Would he get taking that back bump off the um, top rope? Yeah. Is he going to be dead? Yeah. Um, maybe oh I can't pronounce that word I was going to say he's got a blood fetish Hematol- no I'm not pronouncing that word yeah he has a blood fetish yeah. he, he gets horny by his own blood there we go that's what's up with Ric Flair him and John Moxley yes yeah yeah oh, he both sling blades you know for lethal he's, he's literally got his blade in the title it's an instruction Fucking Takeshita got cut over with a running boot last week. Like, fuck off. Maybe it was uh, razors in the boot. Maybe it was like a knife in the boot, like um, that lady from uh, from Russia with Love. It was like just a knife in there. But uh, yeah, there, there was a back to this. Uh, there was a lot of head shaving around this time. Just David Flair going nuts mm. with the clippers. Yeah, yeah. It's like some of his new gimmick. I understand it right though. In the summer, you know, it's starting to get hot. You need to shave some hair off just to keep cool. Yeah, to, to be honest, Ric Flair, he suited the shave, but the, the shave and look. Yeah, uh, uh, when he comes back later on with his like short hair, I know it's a very 2000, 2001 haircut because it looks like he's got frosted tips when you know when he doesn't, but it suits him a lot better than the bloody floppy sort of white like hair. Two- the Jeremy Borash frosted tips. Yeah, yeah. It looked to be like that, but I thought it actually suited Ric Flair very well as a look. Yeah. Um, Reed Flair obviously shaved them sideburns off maddeningly. 
I think what what's it now? Um, fucking someone in like the in the truck in like an episode or two later gets his head fucking proper mm. like tuned off as well. Oh, we go through a phase while while Canyon's diamond cutting everyone. David Flair's shaving everyone's head. And, and is, is it any wonder that Buff Bagwell got suspended for 30 days for punching someone out? That bloody backstage sounds like a complete bloody nightmare. I bet I bet, I bet Raven that time in um, TNA wanted David Flair to cut his hair instead of Shane Douglas. Oh, you remember that one? Yeah, for your actual scalping, I remember. Fucking hell. hell. Anywho, um, this episode, Nash versus Goldberg. Now, this is one of your main events of uh, Bashing the Beach um, yep. on Nitro. Uh, Nash gets busted open by Bill. Scott Steiner comes out, but Bill uh, gets Billy Club by the cops, who had, I think had run out of mace by this time. Supplies <laughs> of mace, uh, not prevalent in WCW. Eight-year-old Hunter is back to check on Big Kev, and the show ends non-finish. <laughs> So it ends on Hunter. I can't wait for Hunter's pay-per-view match. Hunter versus Goldberg. Well, well, his name, his namesake would uh, bury uh, Big Bill. I was going to say Goldberg should have got a shot sing while he could. You know, three years later. Three years later, it all turns to shit for Bill. Mm. So yeah, well, like uh, you know. Action-packed episode of Nitro there, where you like three big matches. Mm. Fucking no payoff to any of them. All <laughs> <laughs> the except for Flair getting his hair cut. Yeah, I mean, again, like DDP's gone after this episode. Vic Flair isn't seen again now till September, I believe. Mm. So he's written out. Um, Sting's been set on fire, so he's out. So I think going forward, I didn't, I didn't actually go for and check this. I don't, but think I don't think Luger's there. Luger's, L- good, Luger's gone because he rightfully refused to do the job to Chuck Palumbo. So I want to say that promo at the beginning of the show might be the last ever reference to like New Blood versus Millionaires Club. I, I, I don't think that appears again. I don't think it does un- 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 until the next pay per view is called New Blood Rising. <laughs> yeah, it's just w- w- just bloody being, being late to the punch, isn't it? Anyway, June fourteenth, Thunder now. Vince Russo wearing a free and old shirt. With um the t shirt of the back says with two shaved heads. Yeah. He's a dick. Um Again, chronic... not really catchy, is it? No. Uh, chronic versus Chris Candido and Bam Bam Bigelow. I put on my notes I put here, where's Shane Douglas when you need him? Oh. Candido, Candido gets battered two on one after the match. Um, Bigelow tries to take on the uh, Bryans until security get involved. Later in the show, though, with the help of Bam Bam and Candido, they beat up Buff Bagwell, so the triple threat are back together. Yeah, and this lasts about, what, a week? Because um, Candido's gone very, very, very shortly, yeah. I think this is about a week and then... It's done. Candido had done his um his arming. Yeah, yeah, he had done that as well. So yeah. <sighs> no Sonny. No. Or the apparently knee deep in a drug problems once again. Yeah. 
Um, well, it didn't last long for uh, about a month. No. Time is a circle and all that lot. Um, Kevin Nash, um, what's it? Pops Vince Russo's tyres. There was a thing, a running thing here with like, uh, again, motor vehicles and tyres being popped and uh, being smashed into. I think we've said on episodes before how they love to uh, smash up cars. They do, and it, I mean, no wonder they lost so much bloody money. It was all spent on bloody vehicles, wasn't it? Mm. The um, what's so what we got? WCW title, Jeff Jarrett um, versus Kidman. Um, the Filthy Animals helped Jarrett to win, and um, Kid uh, Conan twats Kidman with the uh, guitar. The swerve here because everyone thought, oh, Kidman's still in the uh, Filthy Animals. Yeah, and you know what? Give it like another two months, and he'll be back in Filthy Animals anyway. So. Is All it? pointless. Yeah, yeah, he's back with them towards the end again. Oh, my word. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, if you think about it now, a lot of these wrestlers that, that were seen here, the amount of times I'll turn face and heel in the next few months. I was thinking about this while watching uh, Kevin Nash Goldberg. Uh, Nash will turn heel again in about four weeks. Then he'll be face again for the Insiders. And, you know, bear in mind, we're already in July, July in WCW, and he turns face on heel uh, twice, in, you know, in the space of about four months. I know, about three months, actually. Bloody Paul White would be jealous of this one. Yeah, but I'll say Big Show-esque. Absolutely. There's one for you. So nowadays, where's Big Show? I've, I've probably doing that community sort of work, isn't he, with... Mark Henry. Um, yeah, because I think we want like teasing him making a comeback. But I just think he's a bit, his hips a bit knackered now. And even he realizes, yeah, WWE were probably right in holding him back uh, instead of having him as a wrestler. Yeah, yeah, just just don't seem to hear him now. No. Um, but anyway, back but back to WCW. Asia uh, spits blood into Vampiro's face. The demon comes out, Asia's fiance, and segment ends with uh, Vampiro hitting the nail in the coffin. But he doesn't end like that. Vampiro actually gets put into the demon's coffin, or the, the, the big like tomb sort of thing. Oh, this, this is the uh, start of the uh, the feud between the demon and Vampiro, or or the demon or Dale Torborg having mm. split personalities. I, yeah, honestly, that segment sounds like uh, what happens when you get too deep into Pornhub and you get into like very fetish stuff. It's like about page 24 on Pornhub, I reckon. Her spitting blood out and all that shit. Yeah. And, and, and Vampire being put into a tight hole and all that lot. Yeah, it's... Um... It's all shite. All this supernatural stuff is shite. I hate it. It's only acceptable if you're in a promotion where it's all part of the ethos. So, like, I didn't mind it in, like, Shikara, for example, because it's been established it's, like, a supernatural sort of unreality sort of company. But when when you got, like, Vince Russo going out there, like, doing shoots and all that shit, to then have this spooky shit going on as well, it makes no fucking sense. No. Um, 
What's he, Dale Torberg? Last time you seen him, he was looking tagging with Norman Smiley. Yeah, yeah, for screaming demons, and suddenly now he's in a full blown feud with Vampiro. Which is a, yeah, bear in mind they've just tried to put him over because he just set Sting on fire and now he's feuding against the Kiss Demon. Yeah, it's just. Bollocks, absolute shit creative. But I will say, Kiss's music does get played on um, the network. I think someone's forgot to edit that out. I think they have. There's no way they've paid for God of Thunder. I half expect them doing the fucking trumpet music yeah. like uh, Filthy Animals. <laughs> Not Filthy Animals, fucking... Um, Misfits in Action, yeah. Misfits in Action. Saying that, I think... I'm not sure if you noticed this, but on our copy of Bash at the Beach, um, because they didn't expect him, I think they missed out Sting on his bit of Metallica on the network. Yeah. Naughty, naughty, naughty. Well, no, what, is, is he on there? Metallica's music. Yeah, it, it, it starts playing, uh, you know, with the whole coffin thing, you know, with all the stings that come out. At yeah. Beach. Yeah, I'm, I'm seeking destroy starts playing. All right. Ooh. Yeah. Happy days. Happy yeah. days. I've got to go uh, back and watch that. Yeah, about to say. But I'm sure Metallica would be fine about their music being used illegally. I'm, I'm sure I'd be absolutely happy with that. As Ulrich will be on to him anyway. Yeah. I, I might send uh, Liza a message later on, just so you know. Just to double check. <laughs> Just to add to WWE's woes. Yeah. <laughs> They'll be sending yeah. Titus O'Neil out to. <laughs> hey, I'm about, about to say once uh, they get sued by Metallica, Vince will be thinking, oh, God damn it, I could have paid off eight women with that. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. Um, Crowbar versus David Flair. Crowbar with David Flair now. Okay. <laughs> Um, David Flair hits Crowbar with a Statue of Liberty to win and shaves Crowbar's hair. Mm. Well, he did need an haircut, the greasy scruff. He did, he? yeah. That was pretty greasy. Um, Kevin, <laughs> Kevin Nash references the film Deliverance as he has Jeff Jarrett tied up. Of course. Yeah, I'm yeah. Gonna, I think this is a, I'm going to make you squeal like a pig. That's the one, yeah. Uh, it ends with uh, Goldberg saving Jarrett and uh, Russo ripping up Scott Hall's contract. Yeah. Well, well, they soon had one made up again for Scott Hall's contract the week after, like brand new. I was going to say, they keep like, treating this contract like some sort of precious belt and just like, you know, you can just print off another copy. You can. If, if, I, if someone like scanned in the page with all the signatures on, you can have as many signed contracts as you want, to be fair. I'm sure the Dolby PDF would have been a thing in uh, 2000, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, it should have been. Hmm. Yeah, so he's easily do it, printed off. <laughs> I mean, uh, Goldberg eats a contract at one point, unless he shut it out and they, and they cleaned it up with a, some water on a hairdryer afterwards. It's got to be another copy. Give him some fucking, uh, what are they called? Laxatives, isn't it? Yeah. Shit it out, Goldberg. Give us, give us Scott's. <laughs> Pristine, pristine, no creases in it. June nineteenth, two thousand. Nitro. Now you thought it was safe until there's a Hogan in the ring with a pipe. Oh, Horace, yeah. what's Hogan. he still doing here? Horace Hogan starting the show, sitting in the ring. I put, and, I, put in, I put in brackets here, where's the remote? 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping this out wasn't versus Raw because Jesus Christ, actual murder. They they put in two thousand. Fucking hell! What were they been up against? June two thousand. Um, uh, June two thousand was uh, the McMahon's well, feuding with the, Rock. McMahon's and Austin King yeah. of the Ring. Yeah. I, I, yeah, no, I remember that because my. Um, Fucking leaving do from school was um on the same night as the repeat of King of the Ring. Uh, actually, I, 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 uh, I, could, I wonder if I can find a report to tell you exactly what was happening. Is that the fucking um, ass it, man one? No, really? this is 2000. So at the same time, if if uh, Nitro and Raw won at the exact same time, uh, yeah. he was competing with Kurt Angle versus Bubba Ray Dudley in the second round match in the King of the Ring. Um, immediately followed by, um, I think Triple H quit a twenty-minute promo from the looks of it. Yep. But still, would have done the job. Versus Harvey Hogan, bloody hell, he could put on bloody just Joe versus Tag Rally Sing, and it'd do better than Harvey Hogan with a microphone. Horace wants Goldberg here. Good, he can have him. Good luck. <laughs> but he doesn't get Goldberg straight away. Um, the cat comes out, who's now commissioner. Now, I've got to say with the cat, that fucking network music, I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> He's on too much. Yeah. I think it's his character as well. I want the ratings. I want the ratings. It's been good for ratings. Shut up, mate. Uh, I think a clearly overworked Vince Russo thought like the cat was like the rock or something like that in terms of charisma, and he just wasn't. It was Absolutely. a bit like it was a bit like what who Mike Sanders later on in that he came across confident enough, but it was actually pretty dog shit. <laughs> mm. Yeah, below average. Yes, yeah, yeah. Just the promo skills just. Not, they're not actually good. So yeah, um, we it, it, the the cat sets up the match anyway later in the show. Uh, we'll get into that in a moment. Mm. Up next, the young dragons versus free count one more time, yeah. but for the first time in, in months. This is the first time since March, isn't it? It is, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so they basically. Uh, that thought, oh shit, we've not used them in months and they're actually pretty good. Yeah, it, it was a decent match, if I remember rightly. It, it was always good between those two teams anyway. It was like a throwback to when the Cruiserweight division was actually decent. Mm, yeah, the, that was... Um, was that... Oh, I'm thinking of like WWE, you know, when the Velocity were on. Yeah. Like around that era. Well, well, you, I know what you mean about like WCW. Like, yeah. Oh, you mean like when Paul London was champion and was actually quitting promos and all that? I'm basically over lost into the Cruiserweight show. Yeah, those were good days. But um, with this um, six six man tag crowd, loved this match. Um, and it's like they woke up. It's like, thank God, Oris is, Oris is gone. Let's get yeah. some uh, proper stuff here. <laughs> um, so free count win with um, a face front splash, and this is the uh, the debut of Lance Storm. Mm. As he uh, takes everyone out and even does a somersault sent on to free count to the outside. Like, 
I'm sure Landstorm never used to do this, but he probably did in ECW. It might have done, yeah. Random way to debut him, but yeah. I mean, he, he turns out good, as we'll get into in the coming months, but yeah, solid but, enough. But you naturally have it. well, I did in, in the back of my head that oh, he was just like a submission guy, weren't he? But yeah, he, he, did, he did come with that. Obviously, because he's Canadian, he got lumped in with your Jericho and Benoit. Mm. I think that's what it was. Um, so we have um, G.I. Bro ends up going back to being Booker T. Yeah. It, it, it looks like, as he tells the MIA, they need to watch their own backs now. Mm. How long did that last? Two weeks, G.I. Bro? Three weeks? Two, three weeks, I would say. Well, that was worth it. Glad we got that 20-minute, 20 25-minute match against Sean Stasiak. It was 13 minutes. Oh, yeah. yeah. It I felt like... It felt like 55 minutes. Yeah, that was from last pay-per-view, weren't it? It was, yeah. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> Booker ends up answering Canyon's open challenge and uh, batters him. Mm. Then ends up taking off his camo pants, his Booker T again. Yeah. Hooray! G.I. Bro, dead. R.I.P. Favourite G.I. Bro memory. Go. Uh... <laughs> Uh, mm. Yeah. Well, when he told the misfits in action, you fucking deal with your own shit now, lads. Yeah. That, you, that's you probably my highlight of the GI brawl run. Your name's literally a huge erection. Why would I hang about with you? Piss off. <laughs> Next up, it's the match, the rematch everyone wanted to see. Goldberg versus Hogan. Uh, Throughout the cheering Goldberg. <laughs> I wonder why. Oh yeah, we'll all cheer Horace Hogan. No. <laughs> Terrible idea. Horace Horace gets murdered, Jackhammer one, two, three. God. Why? <laughs> Fucking Horace Hogan. I think well see, I've spoken to like Matty Edwards about yeah. and he's even of the like of our opinion, Horace Hogan was just dross. Mm. And I mean they're very trying to get Goldberg over as a heel, but surely I mean I know you've just they are pushing Booker T covertly anyway, but surely the way this works is if he goes against someone like Booker T instead or like a really sympathetic face. I mean I think he faces Jim Duggan soon. Yes. Yeah. Uh, which is much better, but Horace Hogan really the, the guy who's literally spent the last four weeks uh, putting his tongue down Tory Watson's throat and all that lot. Why are you suddenly going to cheer him? Mm. That was his highlight, weren't it, when he was getting a back rub off yeah. Tory Wilson. That was the highlight of Horace's run. Um, we have the Cat versus Kevin Nash for Scott Hall's fabled contract. Um, mm. I, I did put on. I did put on the. Um, on my notes here was just thinking Bischoff is nowhere to be seen. So uh, now we've, we've spoken about that. Yeah, but I yeah. think like, instantly the Capricorn's commissioner after Vote Bischoff disappears off screen is quite clear yeah. replaced him. Yeah, didn't didn't want to put Shane Douglas in that role after his uh, successful debut as a matchmaker. Oh, that thunder. That fucking thunder. Jesus. New York rules. Nash wins with the jackknife to win Scott Hall's contract. Oh no, the contract wasn't in the cat's case. 
it was Cats 8 by 10s. Goldberg has Hall's contract and eats it. It's a photocopy. I, I don't think the actual paper contract is the contract. I think it's just evidence of a contract. Fuck's sake. <sighs> Next. Next. Um, let's have a see. Let's have a see here. Ah, yeah. Tank and Rick Steiner versus the perfect event. A Next. <laughs> a feud built up on meat and Palumbo not knowing what, what a live to TV feed is and probably getting attacked twice oh. by Rick and Tank. God, Tank I remember this. After a fan and leaves Rick. Palumbo hits Rick with the flex, a double flapjack and perfect event wins. Yeah. So this 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 was um, Palumbo and uh, old Meaty Bollocks. Their gimmick was they were always in the TV truck. Yeah. Or, Which I take it was a rib on Sean Stasiak getting fired from WWF and recorded everyone, so they had him involved with audio visual equipment here. I, I guess that's oh. a joke. No, another Vince Russo, like only only about two people know about this joke. Yeah, yeah. Like, literally, I've never thought of it before. I've literally just thought of it on the top of my head, but surely that is why they, they gave him that gimmick. Because there's another segment, is there, where they're, like, they're, like, they're setting the fireworks up on Thunder just to, like, uh, make Dave Penzer jump, just, like, for shits and giggles. I think that's why they did it. Like, putting up Sean Stasek as a bit of a nerd who records everyone covertly. Yeah. Um, shite. Yeah, uh, pretty much. Well, yeah, now Tank's got a fetish with fans, beating up fans again. Um, as as we move into Vampiro and Dale Torborg segment, oh. Asia disappears into thin air and so does Vampiro. <laughs> Vampiro is then shown on a screen driving a limo off. Lots of bullshit chants. I mean, not being funny, but you take one look at Vampire, you take one look at Asia, and you think, well, Asia will bloody kick his ass anyway, so this doesn't really work. Yeah, old old Ian Hodgkinson was... More like Ian Hodgkinson. Anyway. Oh, God, this supernatural shit is so bollocks. And yet we keep coming back to it, even after all these years later. Why? 2022. Stop still, it. We, you know, still do it. I literally have a horror podcast and I think this is shit. <laughs> um, what, what, what are the supernatural bollocks nowadays? Oh, it's Finn Balor and Priest. Oh, that, that Judgment Day stuff. Yeah. Or dressed in black and all moody. Um, they, all, they, all think, they all think um, Edge is bringing fucking Bray Wyatt back. Who? Oh no! Um, who else is there? Oh, Joe Gacy. The Joe Gacy stuff is going on. Obviously, in recent times, you had the original version of Dark Order, who was spooky. You had the Nightmare Family stable, who was, you know, um, Brandy Rhodes. Well, what was her name? Mel, and and awesome yeah. Kong. Remember Mel? Where, where they were cutting air, weren't it? Yeah, yeah. But about to say, like David Flair or something. Fucking hell. I forgot about Mel. Yeah. She was dreadful, huh? Oh, yeah. She was terrible. But it, I think they had a Brandy Rhodes and Mel team. And yeah. They were on like an AEW. It was the, 
Bloody hell, the pandemic shows. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was terrible. Like, I don't know what Mel was doing there. I won't, I won't say anything more out of fear of having to get your podcast cancelled again. But, the, you know, awful, awful stuff. And I just, I don't get why these, like, these rescued writers always go back to this sort of stuff. House of Black. I House think House of Black are all right. House of Black, I give him a pass because presentationally, I know that's exactly what Maokai Black is like in, in real life. You can tell he's not playing a character. He's using the influences he's got into a certain presentation. I think, I think that I think that's okay. I think, I, uh, I, I think when you've got like Rhea Ripley and all that, like playing dress up and like... Oh, I don't know Rhea Ripley's into that. I would say probably uh, Priest. He is. I, I, I probably sorry. I probably should say Rhea Ripley because I do believe she's into heavy music. But like, like the Damien Priest or that lot, who are normally probably in like those bloody aff- affliction t-shirts, or that lot. When the like quite close playing dress up as goth, mm. that's when it gets embarrassing. Yeah. Um. I was. I was a black. Yeah. I think they. I think they suit the. Uh, the gimmick. Maybe not. Maybe not. Buddy Murphy. No, if I say Brody King does, Buddy Murphy doesn't really fit. It's very much like the, um, it's like ZZ Top, isn't it? Oh, yeah, the one called Frank Beard is the one without the beard. Yeah, yeah. he's the one without the tats. Um, Ju- Julia Hart, I think she's growing into the role as well. Yeah. Uh, but, no, nah, he, do, he does work. I'll tell you, Supernat, uh, in Pentagon, Pentaroscuro, that's oh. right. Uh, I mean, I've not been watching recently. Is he still like doing all sorts of weird costumes? Of then his, of then his best friend Alex is dressed up the same. In he's in not, he's not anymore. He's not, he's not, he's not dressed up as Budgie Ian Hodgkinson. Oh, okay, that's a he's, he's just coming out in his, in his yeah, back in his best bin bag. Yeah, but yeah, no, the, uh, just script writers keep in wrestling keep going back to the supernatural stuff because. Oh, Undertaker did it great for all these years. Yeah, well, that's because the Undertaker came in in very much the peak of cartoon, cartoony characters in wrestling, and then nostalgia carried along the rest of the way. You know, ninety nine was very different to twenty twenty two. That's why it worked. And even then, I think most of the Undertaker stuff's absolutely bollocks as well. Mm. And I'm much afraid is um, American badass stuff. Yeah. Anywho, let's let's roll on with this anyway. Jeff Jarrett versus Scott Steiner, uh, Mike Awesome special referee. Mm-hmm. Steiner has it won many times, but Awesome and the cat and the cat help out uh, Jarrett to retain. Jarrett again is being seen as a lucky champion. Yeah, I mean this is what his fourth title reign because he keeps always losing it anyway. So why change now? Yeah. Um, June 21st, 2000, Thunder. We have Rick Steiner versus Tank Abbott. The, oh, uh, God. The big, the big clash. Rick Steiner pins Tank clean with a top rope bulldog. And you know what? Good match, to be honest, I did put here. After the match, Abbott attacks a fan. Well, uh, why not? Why not? Yeah, I'll have to uh, watch that match again, because to be fair, on paper, that sounds pretty shite. But, uh, you know, I've, again, uh, a, a lot of the Thunder stuff I've not seen in many, many years, to be fair. So, crowd were into it. I will mm. say that, which is always a plus. Um, 
So obviously, P- Palumbo and Meat, uh, we mentioned, mess around with the pyro. Oh, yeah. free, the freeway mixed tag match with Ayakea and um, Paisley versus Major Guns and Chavo versus Tigress and Ray. Um, which I, com- I completely forgot Prince Ayakea was still in WCW at this point. I just I, I just assumed he buggered off after Jobbins Candido at Slambury. No, still, still there. The artist and Charmel uh, mm. Paisley. Ended up uh, winning the match. Uh, very much um, hair tosses and, um, oh, maybe a slam. Yeah, or a slap. You know, call one a bitch, another a slag. Repeat for two minutes. Get out of there. Women's wrestling. Well, at that time, yeah. It was, yeah. Thankful, thankfully, it's, it's, it's bloody really improved since the, these yeah. times. I mean, it should have taken 15 years to get there, but yeah, it got there in the end. Landstorm out again to twat everyone, but uh, Vin- Vampiro once again rips uh, out Dale Torbog's earrings. Vampiro garbles gibberish to Dale, crowded non post. So shit, he's so shit. Fuck off, Vampiro. <laughs> um, Tony Shivani receives new rules about the um, hardcore title one. Starting the back, <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, so this is a clear defining moment where the hardcore title just goes to shit, really. Here to be goes. fair, because it was convoluted enough as it was, but then now you're officially starting back. Quite a few matches starting back anyway, and we've discussed them before, like the two smiley Terry Funk matches. But yeah, I think this is to tie in as well with WCW Backstage Assault that comes out later this year, so I think that's why they've done it. Ah, so like an unlockable uh, thing. Well, WCW Backstage Assault was famously for wrestling game without a wrestling ring in it. Ah. Yeah, um, you've probably never played it, but yeah, that is, you literally, every single match took place in a backstage area. Game's terrible. for, For whatever reason... Uh, they didn't carry over the graphics of the engine of WCW Mayhem, even though it's the same company, and yeah, it was just utter shite. But yeah, I think that's why they've done it to his hardcore title anyway. Um, So we have Buff Bagwell versus Candino and um, Bam Bam Bigelow. Um, yeah, Douglas Wax was uh, Buff with a pipe. Greetings from Asbury Park and Bigelow. Gets a win on Buff. Fans chant bullshit again. <sighs> The fans are losing the patience now with this. I uh, bet. With this. Uh, and, and, and I think as well, Fond of East take two of them in a row. So they've had two lots of bullshit in one sitting. Mm. Yeah. Um, June 26, 2000, Nitro. Oh! Oh, yeah, here he is. Oh, Captain Jim Duggan uh, mm. returns to confront the cat. And the cat sets up Goldberg versus Big Jim. Now, with this, his missus is in the back, um, <laughs> Jim Duggan's. He's like, don't worry, love. I've got it. I've got it. Gives her a kiss and everything. There's actually a video package as well. Mm. It's, it's very much like fucking hell. Um, Homer Simpson, where he f- fights the boxcar leagues and then... <laughs> where he comes in, fucking the fish bashing his yes. head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very, it's very much a take on that. I do feel. Mm. 
Um, yeah, I say, I mean, this is what, to be fair, I was just banging on about this. I'm going to go and do it anyway. This is the sort of thing they needed to do to try and get Goldberg over as a heel. Like, yeah. really amp up the sympathy for the other guy when he just comes across as a heartless bastard as he beats up this former, this cancer survivor half to death. Oh, no, yeah. I mean, it's I mean, one way of doing it. It's a lot better than fucking Horace Hogan, that's for sure. Yeah. But I think he got over. Duggan was, Duggan was always over. He just had to say, oh, and show a bit of two by four. And he did, yeah. Easy easy job for Big Jim. Yeah. Jim Duggan was basically the uh, B-show house show circuit, Hulk Hogan. You know, if, if, if for those smaller towns that Hogan couldn't be asked to go to, there was Jim Duggan doing the same shtick. Did you, like, did you like Duggan? Is that? Did you like Duggan? Of course I did, yes. I, I, I always liked Duggan. <laughs> I know what, like, um, whenever you see, like, OSW re- review, um, they hate Duggan. Uh, they can't be right all the time. No, I, I think... For what he needed to do, I know he's like giving his base lot in like sort of American patriotism that I don't really go for, but he was always very effective at, at what he did. And if anything, uh, he wasn't the greatest wrestler in the world either, and he could be slightly selfish ring at times, but I think he should have got a better crack at the whip than what he did. Mm. Yeah. Because but... he was never even, was he even ever intercontinental t- champion? No, no, no. It's very yeah. similar to like. I know Piper won the IC belt, but he's very similar to like Piper. He never needed a yeah, yeah all like yeah. Jay Roberts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was basically that sort of category for me. So um, next up, another big debut now of a tag team, Jindrakan O'Hare. Oh yes, this one always stuck out in my memory for me. Because to me, I, I, my knowledge of TV wrestling wasn't as extensive as it was now, and it's very oh, England one nil. Um, no, 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 it isn't. Oh, nil nil. Got VAR check over offside. Oh, I, I'm, I'm about a minute behind. I'm watching it on my phone. Nah, yeah. bullshit. Um, yeah, this one always stuck out because like I hadn't had any knowledge of like one, two, three kid versus Razor and Bones. So to me, yeah, she's miles offside. To be fair. Um, yeah, by quite a bit. Uh, the yeah, I, I never heard of like some jobbers present or presented as jobbers beating the established talent. And yeah, so this was always quite a oh, shut up, others. Um, a, 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 this always stood out to me. Yeah, it was effective. Uh, yeah. So that yeah, so it's they're only six months in. At the um, six months in at the at the time, mm. um, I thought they looked fucking excellent for six months in. They did, but yeah, they, they, uh, they I, I think they were probably the two standouts of a power plant class, given that they're in, they're in this position. But yeah, say so they always looked excellent. Yeah, um, it took a bit longer for them to get their actual wrestling skills in place, but in terms of what we needed to do in this match. And uh, it was like Ray, was it Ray and Huvi, Filthy Animals? It was Ray and Huvi. Yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, obviously Ray, Ray did a hell of a job putting them over as well. And yeah, fair credit. This is an effective way to introduce a new team. Yeah. Um, Sean O'Hare gets the win with the Sean Tom Bob. I know these are um, these two are uh, Chris and A's favourites because he was a natural bone filler on the uh, UKFF, as he's told me many a time. 
and on uh, Extreme Warfare Battleground as well, which is how I uh, first met Lene, in all fairness. So, yeah. Yeah, he, uh, he was called MBT on there. Happy, happy, happy days. Uh, to be honest with Jin Jack and O'Hare, uh, the gear they were in, they were, I think some nice numbers here. I think it's in the next match uh, uh, that they have. They're in some bloody uh, colourful combat pants. Oh, like, God, I forgot about it. One, yeah, okay. Like one of them, I think it might be O'Hare has like, like, like a dark blue, but with a yellow belt. Yeah. Which is like very Camo pants. Camo pants. pants. Um, anyway. Anyway. Tank Abbott backstage dancing to freak out on the TV. Mm. A meter messing in the production truck, which leads to Tank dragging them out and sending them to the ring for a, an impromptu WCW tag team title match. Freak out lose. Obviously. But yeah, this is the turn of uh, Tank Abbott into the dancing fool, dancing Olmer. <laughs> yeah, but when he gets to Capital City, he'll completely flop. <laughs> Who is this buffoon? <laughs> um, but yeah, Tank, t- to be honest, Tank had some moves. <laughs> well, he also had that shirt with a nipples crowd on it as well, so you know. He, uh, it was a it was a weird time. I think he was during like the end of one of the matches. He just got the dance mat out and started going <laughs> dancing. Um, Goldberg versus Big Jim Duggan. Goldberg wins with the jackhammer in three minutes and then gives Duggan a few digs in the kidneys after the. <laughs> Uh, I, I just love how gratuitous it is. Just like no subtlety whatsoever. But you know, it's effective booking, to be fair. But bloody hell, as exploitative of booking you can get to try and get people to actually boo Goldberg. But we're not going to boo Goldberg because Goldberg's Goldberg. And he's cool. Yeah. It, fucking people in that time loved their um, ass kickers, didn't they? Austin. They did. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll say about Austin as well. Again, nobody wanted to boo Goldberg for good reason. It's why the heel turn is reversed in about, what, six weeks before he goes back to face again? Yeah. Um, next up, Kevin Nash versus Mike Awesome. I think their um, first match since they... Uh... Oh, God, yeah. Fair, fair feud. I never even realised they ever had this one-on-one match, so this is a surprise. So these are all matches for the uh, four-way main event at the end of the evening. Um, obviously, for the title with Jarrett involved. Um, so Kevin Nasher beats Mike Awesome um, with a big boot to a standing-up Awesome with a chair. It was an all right match, I will say. Nothing, yeah. uh, nothing special. Okay. Next match was uh, Buff Bagwell, Scott Steiner. Uh, we have Steiner pinning Buff with the German suplex to advance. So I think a bit of an handshake here between uh, Steiner and Buff. Mm. Yeah. Lovely stuff. Lance Storm defeating uh, Disco Inferno in Lance's debut, winning with the um, half crab. Um, oh, here we go. Uh, Vampiro and oh, God. the Demon have a scrap backstage and a mysterious person with a bat wax Vampiro. And leaves a sting mask. I, 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 I suddenly miss all those Harris Brothers versus Marvel Luke's matches. 
that's in fact, you know, where's all the ambulance matches gone? With Mike Orson. How about a nice tables match? Anything other than this bloody vampiro demon bollocks. Jarrett versus Steiner versus Nash versus Goldberg for the WCW title four-way. Goldberg attacks Nash backstage. And what's it? Um, it ends. It's actually a good match, this one. Mm-hmm. Um, Nash does come back down to the uh, ringside area or back in the ring. Uh, that ends with uh, Goldberg mule-kicking Nash, leading to Jeff Jarrett pinishing, uh, pinning Nash. In, in, in a lucky sort of break it. again. Yeah, Lukey. Yeah. Yep, sounds about right for Jarrett. June 28th, Thunder now. Start of the show begins with... <gasps> Horace Hogan attacking Jeff Jarrett. Uh, <laughs> the cat is still here? Still Sod off. <laughs> the cat gives Horace a title shot versus Jarrett and the cat says, I smell ratings. <laughs> I hope he was taking a piss. I smell ratings going down. Yeah. General Rection and Van Ammer pinning Sean Stasiak and Palumbo in a non-title match clean. Hooray. Chronic come down after the match and battle the champs as well. Hooray. Mm. Good. Great. I'm currently on Old Speckled N. Distinctive. Yeah, I don't blame you for drinking. Yeah. Uh, th- this, is, this is from the cans that our Jeff brought over at weekend. Good <laughs> luck. Just because he wanted to get rid of beer off his shelf because he got shit tons of beer 52 to get through. Fair play to him. Yeah. Anyway, Horace Hogan versus Jeff Jarrett for the WCW title. Jeff Jarrett going 50 50 with Horace. <laughs> <laughs> And at points looking like he's in trouble and about to lose. It ends with the stroke on the chair and Jarrett retains. It was like Oris was messing around with with referee. I think it was uh, Slate Johnson. Uh, and then Jarrett just goes over and just like flops him onto the chair. One, two, three. I mean, I, oh, I don't know anymore. I've lost all sense of time and meaning with bloody Horace Hogan. So how did he get the title shot then? Is, was he really like the number one contender? I think he just had to attack Jarrett and Cat was like, eh, you can have a match. It's only thunder. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, why don't Jeff Jarrett just say, well, I'll fight him, but not for the title. He's fucking Hovis Hogan. Why do I have to defend the title against Hovis? Yeah. Surely there's got to be... Nowadays, they get a contenders match, won't they, before the... Yeah, he should, like a title, title eliminator, but, you know, his name's Hovis. He shouldn't be anywhere near any bloody title matches. Oh, dear. Uh, Ray and Uvi versus Kidman and Lance Storm. Things have picked up here. Oh, uh, yeah. Storm and Kidman uh, winning a good match. But it was a good match. Four yeah. fucking top workers. Mm-hmm. I think Kidman and Lance Storm are a bit of a tag team now, aren't they, for the next few weeks? Yeah, they are, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on again, off again. I've been Storm or Swerve, I think, at some point. Spoilers, but yeah. 
Yeah. Um, next match, the women's match. Now, Tigress versus Paisley. Um, lots of stat mayors, hair tosses, Charmel, Paisley. I keep calling her Charmel. She always be Queen Charmel. Yeah. Charmel wins with a body slam. Amateur hour. Four and a quarter stars on grapple. Yeah. Last legend bad. That bad. She's rough. Um, you see what I always see on uh, oh, Twitter. Nikita Lyons. Yes. She's competent. Yeah. I think out of the new ones, who's the best? Probably Tiffany Stratton. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's the best one. I think she's got star potential. Mm. And maybe uh, Roxy, Roxanne Perez. Oh, the one who's in Ring of Honor. Yeah. yeah. I've heard yeah. the right stuff about her, to be fair. I think, she, I think she's a, 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 probably a cut above quite a few mm. of them. Anyhow, uh, main event of this one, again, again, Scott Steiner versus Mike Awesome, who seems to have fucking wrestled each other so many times. I've ever against each other at pay-per-view as well. Yeah, yeah, this right, is not okay. Um, which ends with the cat interfering and walloping Steiner with the belt. Awesome pins get Scott. Uh, awesome pins Steiner. Um, so with the cat's help. Yeah. Yeah, we get a feeling like it's just. Do we still always have this problem where we had too much TV time between pay per views and we just basically had no ideas how to guest stories? So it's just people fucking about with each other for ten episodes of television. It certainly feels that way. One person attacks one guy, then he attacks back, so he attacks back, so he attacks back. I've, I would say, Chris, the last two pay-per-views, I felt that. Yeah. See, it's too much time between the TVs. It certainly feels that way, because what have we got for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven? It's, I mean, it's still only eight episodes of TV here, but it's still 16 hours for of, of of TV to fill with a roster that isn't looking at its greatest that WWE ever looked, and, and with a philosophy as well that you have to only have two minute matches as well instead of being able to fill up TV with like more like 10 15 minute matches with like little bits of storyline in between instead, you know. It's you know, just... you know what? I should probably spend more time on plenty of fish and bumble. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, anyway, further July. Hey, hey, maybe, maybe you should start dating Vince Russo style. Maybe. You, you just start dumping people about two fifths through the first date, move on to someone else immediately. Maybe so. Bro, it's not happening, bro. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Tank Abbott uh, becomes three counts DJ. So they have Young Dragons versus Freak Out again. Mm-hmm. Tank knocks out uh, Young Yang with a punch leading to um, Shannon uh, winning the match for the uh, Free Count. Uh, D- DJ Abbott here. Yep. Hardly DJ League fault, but we'll, we'll, we'll accept it. DJ Abbott, bring it on. <laughs> hey. Uh, Did you see that news, by the way? What? The Limp Biscuit tour got postponed again. Has it? Yeah, it has, yeah. Don't know when till now. If it wants to September, yeah, it's been postponed once again. So, yeah, because to be fair, I should have been seeing them tonight originally, was it? Was that the original date? I'm sure I've got the ticket in here. 
Is Fred Durst, like Fred Durst um, do, doing an Axel Rolls counterpart? Something like that. Apparently, he's been told by his doctor to immediately stop talking due to some undisclosed health condition. All right. So, all very random. Is that my Limp Biscuit ticket? Yeah, my, my original ticket, which was dated for drum roll. Yeah, June 22nd. I was supposed to be seeing Limp Biscuit on Friday. June 22nd. Oh, oh sorry, uh, J- July 22nd. Yeah, that's right, because I was originally going to do this and go to Rev Pro the next day. Yeah. And now none of it's happening. You went to Rotherham. Yeah. Poor fucker. <laughs> Someone's got to. It just came to me when you were saying about Limp Biscuit. Um, Rev Pro the other week at Sheffield. Mm. Good, good music on. Was it? I think I think they're all your fucking new metal and uh, nice. We, we, we had quite a bit of that at uh, BWR the other week as well, if you remember. Oh, when the my the my way video. Yeah, yeah, no, my way video. But what was it? We had like Sifa on, and then it went into Kate Bush. Weirdly, it's just like now that's a transition. Yeah, fucking yeah. And a bit well, of a, a bit of POD as well. I think we had at BWR. We did, yeah, yeah. Good. What a show, what a show. What oh, it was a cracking show in all fairness. I should probably, you know, go more rescue based on that good show, but no, I'm off to see France versus Netherlands instead. Oh, well. Here's what, here's what it is. We've still got B... I'm not doing the one in August because the train the trains are all fucked up again that weekend. Yeah, um, I, I don't go to ones at Casablanca anyway in all fairness, so, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, I get to there in November, the next big show. That's the... Uh, that's what date? Big... What date's that on? 25th. Oh, I'm, I'm on World Cup duty then. I'm not. I'll, I'll come to the show. Yeah, get it. Uh, anyway, um, back to Nitro. Um, so this is the one with Jin Drakenaware wrestling in combat pants. Uh, Jeff Jarrett brings out some women dressed as Vikings... Mm-hmm. So have a Q&A and a sing-song. This is all to do with, like, um, the fat ladies singing. Oh, yeah, this one, yeah. Um, is this the first time Jeff Jarrett's actually called promo about Hogan? Near enough. Yeah. Um, I don't remember pay on Sunday. Yeah, and actually one of the Viking ladies, um, Mike Orson takes a shine to the pay-per-view, but uh, we'll, we'll get into that. Oh, yeah. Dale Torborg returns as the demon to face Vampiro. Demon pins Vampiro. He left us for demon? Yes. Oh, is this like when Finn Balor becomes the demon? Yes, probably. Um, Great. So, um, demon pins Vampiro. Vampiro disappears while lads in sting masks surround him. (sighs) <sighs> David Flair sings My Heart Will Go On to Daphne <laughs> Crowbar threatens to shave Stacey Keebler bald David <laughs> Flair gets covered in Gaviscon <laughs> Dave's smacking Crowbar with a chair and Daphne gets shaved Oh, like bright pink sort of Gaviscon Oh it was bright, proper bright pink Gaviscon Oh right Pepto-Bismol levels. Wow, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, it said that, yeah. Pepto-Bismol, that right over his fucking head. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, David Flair is currently in this, like, this love triangle with Daphne and Stacey Keebler. Bear in mind, 
he'd retired his dad, basically. Well, Vince Russo mm-hmm. did, but he basically got credited for retiring his dad literally three weeks ago, and now he finds himself in a sex comedy. Vince Russo, ladies and gentlemen. 20-man battle royal. Five and a half minutes to go in the programme. Um, Which is basically a gauntlet against Big Kev again. Um, Oh, uh, are the referees pinning people who are laid down this time? No, they just all get eliminated. So, like, Ray's chucked out, Uvi, Conan, all the the jobbers. And it uh, ends in a standoff with Bill and Kev. Right. So pointless. Okay. Good. Anyway, July 5th funder. There's not many notes here. Um, only notes that Palumbo and Meat spend too long on the sud beds by accident. Oh, yeah, I remember that skit. Yeah. Palumbo and Meat uh, face Brian Adams and Woody Curse. Oh, was this the bloke of a production truck they've been bullying for m- weeks on end? Yeah, it is, yes. And um, it ends with Adams and Curse pinning Meat with the high time. Buy the pay-per-view, everyone. You're tag team champions. The tag champs get beat again. Mm. So there you go. That's the uh, TV. Let's get through the pay-per-view in rapid time because yeah. we've both got to go to bed. Yeah, uh, I was about to say, it's a school night, isn't it? So Hurry up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Stop w- some shit on the TV. That's, it's their problem, not ours. Yes, um, so WCW Bash at the Beach 2009th of July, two hours, 49 minutes and 44 seconds. Um, There's a couple of reasons why it's a bit longer than usual as well, because it's about 15 minutes longer than average for WCW 2000. It it involves shooting and cake. Brother. Brother. Uh, so it starts. The show starts off with the young dragons in a car park with a cat. And yeah. the cat twats all three of them. Yeah. What, what I loved about this segment is that they've got the fans watching behind them, and none of them react whatsoever to any of it. Not the cat coming out of a limo. Not the young dragons appearing. Not the really, really shit fighting. Like I can't describe how shit this fighting looks. What? Yeah. Seventies. Nineteen seventies movie. Imagine pulling your punches. Oh, imagine Shane McMahon, but he's deliberately pulling his punches. But that's how yeah. weak it looks. Yeah, fucking it's awful. <laughs> fucking awful. Again, um, it's, it's Vince Russo. He's been watching his bloody Kung Fu tapes late at night instead of getting, going to bed. So um, let's get into the matches, see if we, how, how we differentiate on the actual... Um, Ratings and what have you. So, first match is Corporal Cajun versus Hoovy, Hoovy and Sue Guerrero for the cruiserweight title. Mm. Go to Chris on this one. What 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 do you think? Um, it's a match of two different aspects. There's the in ring action, which is all right actually. It's a bit better than last month's opener, uh, which I can't remember who was in that now. That was also a cruiserweight match. Um. Hoovy and, and Chavo did okay. Um, we sort of know that, um, you know, uh, Chavo was trying to like keep Hoovy quite grounded. It seems to be quite effective. 
and it went on for quite a while as well for for WCW 2000 and I quite sort of enjoyed it but then because you can't get away with straight up wrestling they had the Filthy Animals and Misfits in Action who were supposed to be both banned from ringside so they get kicked out and then for some reason they both come back individually uh, Filthy Animals in Halloween masks and then uh, Misfits in Action in like Ronald Reagan masks and Bill Clinton masks and all that shit Um, also all this happening just so major guns can go down and distract Hoovy a bit, so Chavo can pull up a tornado DDT and win. Yeah. The... Too many distractions. I did put tits, MIA, and uh, filthy animals in there. Yes. Yeah. Tits, tits, and more tits, basically. Yeah. Um, Chavo wins with the tornado DDT to retain the belt. I did put solid opener, which didn't need the added on shite. Which which can be described for most of WCW. Yeah, if if this was a normal wrestling company, I, I think this would have been a really bloody solid. If this was WCW in 1998, this would have been a bloody solid pay per view opener. But it's just a case of you've got all this outside bollocks going on, and because these wrestlers are aware of creative, Juvia and Chavo aren't going full out because they know that they're going to get hidden behind the creative anyway. So what's the point in busting out a four-star match? Yeah. What do we go ratings-wise on it, Chris? Well, after all the bollocks of all that as well, I went for two and a quarter. Three stars. Oh, okay. Interesting. Maybe uh, it was the creative uh, that really did my head in. Yeah, I think I think it was. Same... Probably say me. I would have still gone three stars. But yeah. I just like focusing on the actual mm. in action. That was it was very good. Um, second match: Vito versus Norman Smiley and Ralphus yeah. for the core title. What do you think? Well, they just dropped over Norman Smiley and Ralphus have fired sort of thing, haven't they? Oh yeah. Uh, we need someone who's not Terry Funk called the Johnny the Bulls. So this is where they all the uh, start. Ignoring their own rules because they start fighting at the front of them. Tony Schwann is like, "Oh wait a minute, the rules are now. You got to start, got to start a match at the back." So they do eventually. They go through the curtain for literally a cursory minute or so. The idea was they basically Vito put Norman Smiley at the back upper lift so he couldn't do anything, and then Vito managed to isolate Ralphus, which um, Norman Smiley is too late in coming back on and. Vito puts Ralphus through a table like a splash, which I quite enjoyed watching. But it's nowhere near the level of what Norman Smiley and Terry Funk was. Absolutely not. You've got to say, though, Ralphus, I did put on my notes, Ralphus did show at least some effort during this match. Oh, I mean, he stood there and took those kendo shots well enough and he got caught open the hard way, in all fairness. When he went through a table, which in terms of soft landings, I mean, I guess he smelt a lot, but at least it was probably really comfy for Vito to do that move. <laughs> as long as he showers straight afterwards, it'll be fine. Well, you don't, so. Um, what's your rating? Uh, just one and a half of this one. Two. Oh, yeah, okay. I, I get a feeling I'm, I'm going half a star below you on everything again, aren't I? Yeah. Um, it was fine. Not bad. Mm-hmm. Not offensive. Um, third match now, wedding gown match. 
there's some matches on this show which are going to touch maybe our worst. Um, mm. Daphne versus Miss Hancock. Um, match starts with Mark Johnson getting stripped to his kecks. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, um, oh, David Flair gets stripped to his kecks as well. It does. Um, Daphne sticks Stacy into a Flair's cock. Uh, crowbar in his boxes saves Daphne from a shaving. And Miss Hancock just strips off. And Daphne wins. Yeah, she just, just thought, decides- oh, she just thought, fuck this. <laughs> Tony, yeah. cut this I- shit. Yeah, I've I've had enough of this now. Yeah, it's um, Vince Russo has uh, finally seen a bit of carry on, maybe a bit of carry on camping, and he's just decided, I know, I'm going to write a sex comedy myself, but in the ring, bro. And this is the result. Oh yeah, and they, they all started fighting with the wedding cake afterwards. They did, and the poor bastard ring crew had to clean this thing up. Which is why the paper you went on for so long because it was just stru- there was a struggle with it, weren't there? Nobody thought before this match, and this probably shows you how unorganised WWE was at some point, that there aren't going to be any moves on the outside, no slams. Just take the ring mats up for this one match inexplicably, just do it. But they didn't. They left the ring mats there, and the whole thing got absolutely covered. It's the sort of match where, from what I've read afterwards, I know Daphne wasn't the happiest about participating in the match, but... The cakes of Norval. It looks like it was fun to participate in the match. She had some sort of like um, under a wedding dress. She had some like like leotard, I think. Yeah, so yeah, she she wasn't happy stripping no. down whatsoever, which is why she didn't like lose any articles of clothing or that lot. And I think, I mean, I think Stace was not happy to do it anyway. Um, but yeah, so I mean, apart from Daphne, like all the cakes stuff, like it was good fun to be a part of. But to watch it, nah, not really. What would you go ratings wise? Uh, if it constitutes an actual wrestling match, which is debate in of itself, but I'd say a star. 0.5. Oh, God, I've gone higher. That's because I'm a pervert. <laughs> oh, 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 everyone covered in cake. Oh. <laughs> Miss Hancock did a nice handspring elbow at the start. It was a good handspring elbow, to be fair, yeah. Cake. Cake. Um, that's about it. Rest of it, shit. They, the David Flair is undies. Oh, no. no. I bet he never did that on the All-Star circuit in Grimsby. Uh, <laughs> Should have done. I'd be more entertained then. Match number four now. Perfect event, uh, which is Palumbo and Meat. This is chronic. The Bryans, as England fluff a chance. WCW tag team titles on the line. What do you think of this one? And this is gonna this cover the next Saturn Raven. <laughs> you know what? I enjoyed this one. Yes. Yeah. They, this was much better than what I thought it would be as they were coming out. I was dreading this match. You thought Marmalukes versus the Harris Brothers. Harris Brothers, yeah. I, I literally thought this was going to be the uh, mid, mid-summer mid 2000, uh, WWE 2000 version of uh, Marmalukes versus Harris Brothers. But no, um, a bit of a slow start in all fairness, mainly driven by Stasiak, just being a bit of a boring wrestler in here with sleep holds. 
But once they really uh, got into it, no, I, I thought it was actually quite a decent little bout between the two. It was one of those where I'd happily watch them again, in all fairness. It, it really surprised me. Um, Chronic actually win the match with the uh, clothesline powerbomb. Yeah. They put crowd love Chronic, Stasiak mm-hmm. and Palumbo's best showing, and no shite in this match. Yeah, I think that's the other thing as well. There was just absolutely no bollocks going on. You know, apart, you know, I think there might be in a chair show at one point, but apart from that, there was nothing, no interference or anything like that. It was a very, for WCW again, 2000, you know, their standards are a lot different than normal wrestling, but this was good. What's your racing, Chris? Here we go. Here we go. Uh, two and three quarters, which for me is quite high. Three and a half stars. Three and a half. Wow. Okay. Fucking yeah. I enjoyed this. I really, really, that surprised me as a match. Mm. I had the same feeling as you. Like, this could be shit. Yeah, no, yeah, I was dreading it. I mean, I, I, I thought, no, I'm actually enjoying this. This is all right. I think the crowd added a quarter of a star on. Yeah, they were really into it. This was a good crowd, in all fairness. Especially mm. for some of the shit that gets delivered later on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That they then rescued towards the end. Yeah, they, they, the crowd deserved better than uh, quite a bit of the stuff I get here later on. But we'll uh, get into fifth, that. Fifth match, positively Canyon versus uh, Booker T. What do you think? Yeah, but, uh, this was a solid match in all fairness. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed this one as well. I mean, you really can't go wrong with the two together. Um, bollocks ending again because... In a segment before that, Jeff Jarrett, because Hulk Hogan hasn't arrived at the building yet, for some reason this makes Jarrett really angry instead of thinking, oh, good, i get the night off. Uh, bit of logic flaw then. He goes, I'm going to start disrupting the show, hence why he interferes and knocks out Booker so Canyon can get the win. Yeah. But up until that point, yeah, there's one of those where it looks good on paper and it was good on paper. Yeah, so a lot of like false finishes in this one. Yeah, yeah, but there was that as well, to be fair, too. You have like the Harlem sidekick, axe kick. Okay, yeah. everyone thought it's over. One, two. No, it's not. Yeah, uh, you know, to point out a bit of it, another thing about WCW and being a bit inconsistent, um, having Canyon kick out of a finish that's used later on. Yeah. Yeah. If that was a bad call in hindsight. Obviously, I didn't let it affect my judgment of this match, but when I saw him kick out, I thought, ooh, yeah, someone hasn't connected with dots here. Um, so, as you said, Jarrett comes out to ask Booker with a guitar. Canyon Cutter off the um, off middle rope. And one, two, three, and Champers wins. Mm. Um, yeah. Um, I, I put here about Canyon. He's got a brick like a Father Jack. Oh, I, I forgot about I love my brick. Oh, yeah, I love that game because he used it a few times. Basically, he's got like a... Um, a copy of his book, but like a brick crowd inside it, which I do love. What did you go ratings-wise on this one? Uh, this was a three-star match for me. 2.75. I think not down a quarter for the uh, Jarrett. Fair enough, fair enough, yeah, yeah. So, sim, sim, we were similar on that. We were, yeah, yeah. So, so far, your match for night involves meat. <laughs> Fucking who did Uda for that. Oh, 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 one nil. Viva Espana. Oh, they scored. 
Yeah. Oh dear. Oh dear. Esther. I mean, I, I Esther, mean, not Ranson. It, it'll make it easier for me to buy a ticket for the semi-final if the score stays the same, but that'd be a shame. Six match anyway. Um, it is Mike Awesome once again versus Scott Steiner for the right. US title. Um, awesome hinting at the fat chick thriller gimmick in a pre-tape <laughs> segment with one of the Viking ladies. Yep. That's the next month of creative sorted out for Mike Awesome. It is. He even turned down Pamela Polshock. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I hope the money was good uh, for a contract. For, I mean, ECW weren't, wasn't paying him anyway, so, you know, I can see why he buggered off. But, yeah, this is uh, Mike Awesome very much about to go down in the doldrums for some reason. Oh, yes. Um, probably being related to old gold. <laughs> You probably have to do a lot of it. Oh, I'm getting my skull now. Let's have a look. Oh, yeah, that's poor defending more than anything. Anyway, sorry. All oh, oh, the bloody show. Yeah. Um, anyway, this match, um, what do you think? Another one of those uh, consistency things, but obviously people weren't still about the main event because a lot of this match, they do a brawl around the crowd in exactly the same spot like Jarrett and Booker end up uh, going in later on so it's yeah so later on it feels a bit samey um this was an okay match where i didn't get started i felt like it felt like very quickly outcomes of a cat he was basically now banned the steiner recliner and said if you do it first move i'm stripping off the us belt and after a bit more stuff like a power bomb like a frog splash or belly belly suplex Ben Stein just puts on a move and he strips of a tight old DQ, and that's it. Done. Oh, but apart from uh, the bloody T bone suplex that he does to Mike Awesome after the bell. Jesus oh, fucking Christ. On right on his neck and head. Fucking hell. He sh- I'm amazed Awesome walked away from that one, in all fairness. I think, I think that was the, lethal. Commentators lose their shit at that one, don't they? I would have lost my shit as well, to be fair, life. Yeah, yeah, they did. In fact, it was probably the only felt like the only genuine call the commentators made all night. <laughs> I, I, I just kept thinking, like watching Shivani, like every time they go back to the desk, is like that you, head hands. So from what I've been, from what I've read, they were never told the finishes or, or what would happen, or anything like that. So, so it's more of a genuine reaction. But you can tell from Shivani as we go deeper and deeper into the show, he has just had enough of this. Of this now, it's just an absolute piss take. Mm. You know, it, it's like saying, "Oh, it's been a very exciting night," but it's like in that sort of like bemusement, like bemused sort of way. You know, like like when you get at work, you must have had it before, where like something's really kicked off, nothing to do with you, and you can't believe it's happening. But and you quite be amused in a way, but also wish it wasn't. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, like me, like when, like, I don't know, somebody, a drunk's kicked off, but like you're in a position where you don't have to do anything. So you're just watching them be amusement. You wish it wasn't happening, but also you're just like, oh, well, this is happening. I'm sort of somewhat entertained by it, but I'd rather be doing something a lot better right now. Exactly. Uh, uh, Star rating on this, I'd probably go. I went 2.75. I only really went two and a quarter of this. 
Yeah, it's fine from what wrestling they did. It's just the bollocks again. Yeah, I, I just seem to remember being, it was only a five minute match at Spring Stampede, but I just seem to enjoy that one a lot better than what I did this one. Yeah. I think it was like more of a reliance on the, the walk and brawl in the crowd here than actual power moves that they did actually break out at Spring Stampede. I think that was the main problem for me. Yeah. Match seven now. Graveyard mm. match. Um, it's the Demon versus Vampiro. And the lads fighting a lake in the graveyard. Um, fucking hell. Um, Sp- Vampiro sprays Demon whilst he's over a fallen Asia. Tombstone over the head and Demon gets stuck in a coffin. Then mm. Asia disappears. Um, yeah. Vampiro throws him into a grave and sets it on fire. Sort of. Sort of, yeah. I felt like he just completely missed the coffin and went, oh, fuck it, we've had enough. It's been a long shoot. We'll just film that and we'll do that. Um, Pros, in all fairness, it was shot really well. It looked all right, actually. For some reason, I have a false memory of this all taking place on like a black and white camera and it all looking absolute bollocks. Blair Witch Project. Yeah, like Blair Witch Project, but I think they did that during the Vampiro Sting. They've actually got out the proper big boy lights and they've lit up this graveyard properly and it wouldn't look too out of place on an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which you could take as a compliment because it was when Buffy the Vampire Slayer came out. Um, Cons, everything else. Supernatural bollocks once again. It's just, it just looks goofy and shit, you know. Two grown men in makeup fighting a graveyard, like for in a pool and smashing pretend tombstones over each other, uh, and doing that camera cut where, like, oh, the demon's in a coffin, but then suddenly it cuts to a new one, new angle, and then Vampira pushes the coffin over, and the like the weight of it's clearly no body in there, you know, that sort of bollocks. <sighs> Crap, yeah, look, um, look I thought Dale Torborg having a, having trouble getting out of the pool was a good was a funny visual. Charles yeah. Robinson basically. Fucking yeah. No one ever clarified if uh, Kiss as a band could swim, so I guess the Kiss demon's got the same weakness. Mm. Um. What do we go on this ratings wise? Oh, I'm not even sure it justifies a rating. In all fairness, but if I have to, half a star. Because ra- because grapple I, only goes to 0.25, I give it the 0.25. Yeah, yeah. It's honestly, it feels like I can't remember which match I did it for the other month, but I don't think this even constitutes a match. In all fairness, I'd probably save a half star or no rating whatsoever. Yeah. Um, it wasn't AJ Styles the Undertaker, was it? No, not particularly. No. That, that that's probably the level of. The height of graveyard matches in it. Yeah, but if, if, if that sort of thing was acceptable because you just wait some goofy shit to get you through the pandemic, didn't you? So you know that sort of stuff was perfectly fine. I think I went about four and a bit stars on that match, if I remember. Stars I'd have to watch it. He was up there for me as well. To be fair, it, it was good fun. But, 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 I, but, but I wouldn't have I wouldn't have accepted it at any other time. If I tried to do a serious wrestling product, I like during a pandemic, that sort of thing was perfectly acceptable. 
It's like, hey, I, I, I don't actually, you know, that cop put money in the bank match. I never minded that match. Yeah. It's just something different it to, to, to help everyone pass the time. You know, you could get away with being a bit goofy back then. Eighth match now. Both Bagwell versus the franchise. Shane Douglas. Oh, it just keeps getting better, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, dear. Um, Tony Wilson turns up in this. Walt mm. rolls buff. But before this, slap Shane Douglas. The, yeah. The serve was, bl- what's it, low-blowing buff. Then uh, Pittsburgh plunge only gets a two. To, to everyone's surprise, but uh, yeah, Douglas wins with the franchise. Who's it? The franchise. The franchise, which are, like the um, commentators like, oh wow, he's got a new finish stuff. Oh, what an amazing move! It's literally a reverse jawbreaker. Yeah, or like probably, the stunner in it. Yeah, it probably hurts his knees more than what it hurts the other guy's jaw. Yeah, it must have killed him. Old old. Yeah. No one. I'm, I'm, I'm sure he's got knackered knees now. He, uh, yeah, it wasn't a very good finish for you know, not very good finish for not very good wrestler. So, yeah, I felt enough in match this year, Chris. It, to be honest, yeah, it was so nondescript apart from all the Tory Wilson and bollocks. Even that didn't make any sense because why would she pretend with Shane Douglas to swerve and put Shane Douglas in a pinning predicament that could have lost the match for him? It literally this makes is, no sense. This is leading to Viagra, isn't it? Yeah, Viagra on a pole you've, uh, we've got between now and New Blood Rising. Hooray! Yeah, Kidman. Yeah. Yeah, Kidman tips back up for some reason. Um, Star rating. Oh, why not? Half a star again. One and a half. I just could not be fucking asked for this match. I didn't pay attention to it at all. <laughs> Life's too short for Buff Bagwell is Shane Douglas. Shane Douglas, isn't it? Yeah, it means Shane Douglas. Yeah, I, I like uh, so Buff Bagwell's all right in in dribs and drabs. That is not the problem for me. It's, it's Shane Douglas. Ninth match, the big one, WCW title, Jeff Jarrett. This is brother, brother, Hollywood Hogan. Oh, I wonder how this finished, Chris. I wonder, yeah. This type of bullshit is a reason to be stories in the shape it's in today, apparently. Certainly so, brother. Yeah. As um, I mean, Scott Hudson calls it quite early on. It's saying it's Halloween Havoc 99 all over again because uh, Hogan laid down for Sting there. I never explained it in storyline. He did, yes. Yeah, to basically write Hogan off and then they never explained that one again. Oh, uh, yeah. So the same thing happens here. It's never explained why Jarrett actually was lays down for him. Was that a yeah. Russo thing? Yeah, it was literally Russo's first pay-per-view with a company. All right. Yeah, yeah. so it's the same same creative again as what was happening in October. It's not even like an original idea. Um, yeah, the funniest thing about this match, which was pointed out on the lapsed fan when they went through this, was how despite everything that's going on, and like if Hogan genuinely, genuinely didn't know, his instinct is still to make sure he gets that pinfall on Jeff Jarrett before walking yeah. out, yeah. which is hilarious. Uh, fucking hell. Um, Spain almost scored. I, I, I mean, I know you're a couple of minutes ahead of me, but yeah, yeah. that's close. 
Um, Michael Buffer out of mothballs again for his uh, $250,000. Looking quite great this time, isn't he? Yeah, he's looking better than that advert he's on Betfred at the moment. Oh, 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 that advert is the absolute worst. It's amazing, like, Michael Buffer's made such a career from being so crap at ring announcing. Because he can't even, like, get the infliction of Betfair Casino correct, can he? He, like, goes, Betfair Casino. What, what, what's that he keeps calling Brett Hart? Brett for Hitman Clark. <laughs> Brett Clark. Yeah. And the baby pronounces Brett with two T's as well. With charlatan. <laughs> um, does this con- constitute a match? No. Um, four and a half stars on Grapple. Is it on Grapple? I need to check it is, that. yeah. I think it's got about half a star as the... Uh... You can't rate this match. It's not a match. You, you just can't. I wouldn't. I rated it. What did you rate it? 0.25, the lowest of the low. Yeah, that's, that's a bit harsh. It was better than a graveyard match. <laughs> it was short, at least. Well, it was short, at least, yeah. Yeah. There is, there is that. Um, so we have the short commentary desk, don't we? Yeah. Yeah, let's say the... Uh, get back to uh, commentary quite a lot now, because weirdly... Including this bit with Jarrett and Hogan, there's like no wrestling that happens for about half an hour now. No, we have a Russo coming out, don't yeah. we? Yeah, yeah, like Vampiro comes out as well with the whole yeah. thing thing, but we've covered that one enough for one episode. Yeah, yeah so Vince Russo shoot promo. The politics in the back, bro. The bullshit politics of the back. I've got a family at home and I don't need this shit. As yeah. though, like, literally anyone who's ever worked a job hasn't had to deal with politics he's got to and doesn't have a family to feed at home. Like, fuck off, Vince. Get off. Get out of your own ass, will you? Yeah, he said, oh, I've spent the last three... I left this company three weeks ago. Yeah, he can't even, like, leave a company for three weeks without changing his mind, can he? Just back and forth. And <clears throat> he came back for the guys who work hard, like... Like the bookers, like the MIA, like the animals, like Jeff Jarrett. Okay. Just listing off all these uh, these uh, youngsters of the business. Jeff Jarrett, 42. Yeah. <laughs> a somewhat fucking ridiculous, wasn't it, Evan? Yeah, it was. Yeah, just... And tonight, Hulk Hogan wanted to use the creative control card and something to do with bullshit and... I don't know. I think he went out there thinking it was going to be full of bravado and it finally turned the narrative of uh, Hulk Hogan to the WSW fans. The WSW fans were mainly just going, Russo sucks, Russo yeah. sucks. Yeah. yeah, that really works for Russo. Well done, enjoy the lawsuit. Yeah. Shall we get to match 10 now? Yes, please, yeah. Bill, Bill Goldberg, Kevin Nash. With... Uh, uh, Scott Hall's uh, photocopied contracts on the line. Yes, and also a confrontation. Well, a bit of a, a bit of a tiff in the back between Kevin Nash and uh, Scott Steiner. Have you got me back? And he's like, "No, I'm shagging." I've <laughs> even established that Nash and Steiner are even that good of friends on TV. Mm, they had sort of. 
They've been out. They've been pals for a few weeks. I mean, once you know the mechanics of Vince Russo's wrestling television, you see that backstage bit and instantly know, yeah. So Nash is going to lose after Steiner swerves on him, Ben. Mm. You know what's coming. You just know. You're just waiting for that to happen. Yeah. What did you think? Um. Okay, in the end, it was a lot shorter than I was expecting as well, in all fairness. It felt like a 2022 Bill Gilbert match. It did, yeah. I, I'm going to take a five and match time, actually. But that, to be fair, that didn't feel like more than five minutes before Stone was swerving on him. And also, in my mind, the weakest of three matches are between Goldberg and Nash on pay-per-view. Mm. Yeah, it yeah. 5.27 it went. Yeah. Yeah, it started... Despite the ending, it was a really decent match. The match at Spring Stampede 99, which we covered at the time, was quite good as well. Yeah. Um, on your old podcast, RIP, Ashes to Ashes, Dust to Dust. Um, sorry. Um, this was very much kick, punch. Okay, we know Steiner's coming out to swerve. Let's let's take it easy tonight. Let's have a night off. Let's let's do a Memphis match where we do fuck all. Yeah, it, it wasn't up to much at all. One and a half stars for me. 2.75 for me. Really? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I love these short sprints. Apart from fucking Steiner getting I, involved, which he knew about. But I love the short sprints. I, 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 no, don't get me wrong. I love a short sprint myself. I don't think the five minutes 27 is a problem. I just don't think it was jammed, packed enough compared to what I've seen them do before together. And don't get me wrong, you know, you're not talking like a bloody one of these like famous eight minute matches from Noah where they kick the shit out of each other and Dave Meltzer gives it five stars. It's nothing like that, but I've seen them do more in about the same amount of time before, so I expect just a bit more from them. Yeah. Match 11 now. Oh, anyway, uh, Scott Steiner turns on Nash, Spear, I, Goldberg, Jack Hammer, one, two, three, Big Bill wins. Yeah. Uh, just to establish before we got into later podcasts as well. So, Kevin Nash is the face. Scott Steiner has just turned here on Goldberg as the heel. Now, when we get to Fall Brawl, dot, dot, dot. They have a triple threat somewhere, don't they? They have a triple threat next month, yes. Yeah. And then it where's, all goes where's, where's, where's the one where Goldberg tells him to, tells Russo to shove the script up his ass? Next month. Next month. <laughs> this is why I propose that we do the podcast in person next month when, when I'm in Rochester anyway. Yeah. Because there's a lot to get through. Yeah. Holy shit. You, you know what? I've reviewed that show before on the uh, now deceased graps and claps, and uh, but it was like during COVID. And oh, yeah, did, oh, you did that from. from you did it for Oggle Box, didn't you? I did for about 15 minutes and fuck me. It was hard work. But yeah, yeah more long form. See if yeah. it's improved. Uh, anyway, match 11, Booker T versus Jeff Jarrett for the WCW title. This is where a wrestling match suddenly turns up to WCW. No. Not seeing one of them in a while. Jesus Christ. Um. My first note is a Jeff Jarrett match that spills into the crowd. Never seen that before. Yeah, if, imagine a TNA Jeff Jarrett match set with no outside interference, and this is what we got again. And also, the Jeff Jarrett kick out. One, two. Hand up. Hand up. See, again, I'm going to go back to the lapse fan on this one because that was a bone of contention there. Visually, is it enough? Because the hot. 
when you keep, I'm, I'm, I know he does this is the most shoulder, doesn't he? Yeah, this is the most patronising thing I ever say to a podcast for wrestling fans. But you know, a kick out is the shoulder is off a mat. It's not a full blown body spasm to kick out. So, is it acceptable that he puts his hand up, or visually, especially on like a TV screen, has he not done enough and technically he's still laid down? Because hmm. sometimes, yeah. sometimes he does enough where he also moves his shoulder up, so it's quite clear. But other times, he just literally points his hand towards the lights. Yeah, it is a kick out. The shoulder is up, but it needs to be, especially in a match like this as well. I think visually, he needs to be kicking out a bit more vigorously, maybe. Yeah. But, um. What do you think of this match then? Other than that, in all fairness, it's probably one of the uh, best matches we're going to review on this podcast, in all fairness. Um, it was really solid. It, well, again, solid isn't really a word you put for one of the best matches of the year, but WCW 2000, folks. Um, <laughs> yeah, we, all sorts of like really good false finishes going on with like after like Booker like, does a pancake and yeah, I think he does like the... Um, Psychic for like really close to Jarrett gets the belt at one point. The only bullshit in this match is that Jarrett clearly just beats up the ref just to get he to a belt. Does, yeah, just like that. Yeah, uh, without any care, but whatever. Uh, so uh, Buck has very close call after he, he gets hit with a belt. Um, and then you get to the finish with Jarrett on the top rope with his guitar. He swings, but Booker catches him with a bookend. Um, and uh, scores a pin from that, and yeah, it's the crowd are into it all along as well. By the way, it's just a state. I mean, Booker T was a very, very popular guy, regardless, but it was one of those risks where you get you take a mid carder, and he has been a mid carder right up until this match has happened, yeah, uh, and you risk the fans calling bullshit on it, you know, as it being a step too far. But Russo, to his credit. It was the right choice. If this was his plan all along, it was a decent call because from this day onwards, I don't think anybody ever said Booker T is not a believable main eventer. What the fuck is he doing up there? Yeah. No one ever said that. He was it, always it, like credible, weren't he? He was credible. Most people, like the vast, vast majority, like, and I'm thinking like 99% here were more than anything, it's about fucking time. And it was about fucking time that someone like Booker T got the push anyway. And he just instantly looked so good with that belt and he fitted in right away. And in terms of Vince Russo's successes in WCW, this could be about the only one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Finally, finally getting Booker T into a, a position he quite clearly deserved. Yeah. Nah, I agree, I agree with that one. Yeah. Uh, well, he wouldn't go on to all like more. Like after after this, yeah. What I mean, obviously, just bullshit. Russo bucket again, a bit of back and forth. Uh, so it becomes he finishes up a. He lost it to Russo. <clears throat> he lost it to Russo. Yeah. So he finishes up a five-time champion in the end. But yeah, no, you say he's um. Yeah, yeah. About to say to Russo's credit, this was probably the best call that he ever made in WCW. And uh, I agree, one of the only, but you know, that's a whole other discussion. Yeah. Uh, what would you go ratings wise, anyway? Um, I'm going to go three and a half on this one, I reckon. Yeah. 
three and a quarter to three oh. and a half. Okay, for about there then. Yeah, so I know the uh, commentators oversold it as like if it's a fantastic work rate match. It wasn't. It was a feel good match that stuck the course. There were no swerves. It felt People... work rate compared to the rest of it. Yeah, it was a bit more work rate heavy. It met expectations instead of deliberately trying to swerve those expectations. It's the sort of thing that someone in charge of WCW should have been doing all along to try and steer the ship back from WWF. Um, yeah, it, it, it was just a really solid, good job all around. Yeah. Um, so there you go. A pay-per-view where the best match includes meat. Yes. Uh, <laughs> oh, dear. Um, but as a pay-per-view, Chris, it was very much half an hour from a, like, a quality standpoint. There were some horrid matches. Well, then there was some good stuff. I mean, in terms of versus Great American Bash, this is like bloody Shawshank Redemption compared to it. It is, isn't it? Um, this was a solid pay-per-view. I wouldn't say it's like one of the best ones that they did, even this year. Um, uh, the, you, you, your book of matches were really good. Um, uh, I was going to say Team Perfect. Perfect event, that's the name. Perfect event versus Chronic was surprisingly good. Like, like really, it's not one I'd say go out of your way to check out, but if you have to be watching it, don't dread it. Even though it looks shit on paper, it's a lot better than that. Um, but then, conversely, you've got the wedding cake, or the wedding gown match with the wedding cake going on. You've got the bollocks in the graveyard. Yeah. You've got you know, the whole Hulk Hogan um, episode is a load of bollocks in itself because it's just breaking kayfabe and all that, which I don't really like. Shane Douglas is on the card, so, you know, that's also shit. Um, but overall, for WWE 2000, a, a very solid show. Yeah. A, a rare example where I would want to watch the night after. Yeah. Yeah, for me, I thought the pay-per-view was much better than the build-up. Even though it yeah. was like a okay build-up, it just felt it meand- me- just meandered the watch. It felt, like, it felt like people doing impressions of Vince Russo booking because Russo were pissed off, Bischoff were pissed off. So they spent just We've four weeks of... something. Yeah, they spent four weeks of just people attacking each other and getting revenge and getting revenge and getting revenge. It just it just felt like everyone was doing the same book, had the same book in, and it just wasn't very good as a result. Um, so there you go. That's uh, Bash at the Beach, turn 2000 done. Uh, next time, as we mentioned, New Blood Rising. Yeah. To be done in person as well, uh, which is probably the first time we've ever done one of these retro reviews in person. It will be after we've uh, seen the Fratellis in Rochdale. Seven quid Fratellis, bring it and, on. And Grimsby in Rochdale. Yeah. Battling out to a nil-nil draw. Oh, yeah. Um, Can't wait. Yeah, I think it wants a whole bloody breakdown on review the whole day, so we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, but, Chris, um, where can we follow you? Any points? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Frilson. Uh, yes, I do delete my tweets regularly. That's why my timeline's always blank. And uh, you can also listen to my podcast, which doesn't delete itself regularly. We're on about 118 episodes now. Um, our next our current review is Crocodile 2 Death Swamp, which starts with a bank heist somehow. 
Um, so yeah, uh, that's said about you on any decent and probably bad podcast formats as well. If you want to check that out, and that's said about you on all the socials. Great stuff. Um, follow us at GCP Podcast One. Follow me, Oggy Part Three on Twitter. I'm not. I'm, not, I'm no other podcast to plug really because um, they're all defunct. <laughs> <laughs> British wrestling experience ended this past uh, Saturday on the yeah. uh, 24 hour stream. Great stream by uh, Martin and Benno. Mm. You can still donate to them, I think. But uh, yeah. so, yeah, it was a good effort by them all around from what I've heard. Um, have we not put up your yours and Jeff's hour? What? To listen to. You, you know, oh, no, they will, they will be putting that up. Um, yeah, but they go. Doing so, it so, gradually. Yeah, uh, so, so that'll be up eventually for anyone to listen. Yeah, so that'll be up. Um, you've, you've got the Red Pro review from Sheffield to listen to, um, an angry an Sean who doesn't talk for the first 45 minutes of the podcast and then just says it says it as it is. I didn't like it. <laughs> I'm starting to think Sean should just stop going to British wrestling shows. I just don't think she enjoys them anymore. Um, I think talking to Sean, I don't think, uh, yeah. Yeah, she, she's not feeling it anymore. No. She does like you know how we WXW and going to Germany. Yeah. You know yeah. what? I don't, I don't blame her. No, she I don't either. Like yeah. the amount of shows I've gone, has gone down exponentially. And I mean, I know it's a special circumstance with it being Yaro 2022, and it only happens once. But you know, I'm missing Rev Pro for for football, and I'm not regretting it one bit. To be fair, I, mean, I still go to shows and all that lot, obviously going one, forward. One. Oh, I think I'm about to get it, you know. Speaking of, hopefully I'll get to see Two. England. Uh, uh, hopefully I'll see, see England in Bravo Lane next Tuesday, if this goes the right way. But yeah, no, um, yeah, I, I'll still go to wrestling shows, but yeah, I, I can see what she's... Um, yeah, Shauna, if you're listening, just f- follow your ukulele hobby a bit more instead of going to lots of British shows. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, to be honest. I I, I, think I was just thinking this earlier. Um, you know, obviously, like, you know, BWE going and what yeah. have you. And, yeah, th- th- to be honest, nowadays, if Red Pro's big shows are not happening, does anyone give a shit? No, they don't. No, uh, no one no one even gives a shit about your progress or anything like that these days. It, it's just Rev Pro or nothing, it feels like. Yeah, I'll, I'll, you know what, I've, I've bloody still, you know, go to places like your BWRs and yeah, have you, which are great shows, don't get me wrong, and top row wrestling, but if nothing's happening big on Red Pro, no one's, no one cares about. No, progress. I don't. Progress is just like, oh, it's there at the moment, just there for the, the weekend and it, people forgot about it straight away. Yeah. Progress is the Vampiro versus Demon of of Britvest companies. Just this completely ridiculous zombie promotion. That just won't go away. That just Uh, won't go away. There you go. Uh, But, yeah, cheers, Chris, as ever. Yeah, ta very much. Ta very much, Lee. Till next time, adios.